Welcome to the Georgia Songbirds podcast. We are here with, I just, I saw it earlier, and it's not Orchid, it's, what is the band name? Canvas Ruin. Canvas, okay. I was thinking Curtis for some reason, I don't know why. We're here with Canvas Ruin. Introduce yourself, guys. I'm Josh. Um, I sing and play guitar in Canvas Ruin and write the songs somewhat, mostly. And my name is Matt. I play guitar, keyboard, and I do a lot of the engineering and mixing for the songs. All right. So, and I've met Josh before. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, introduce yourself. What did what did you kind of do? You said you engineer and you do you write too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, me, I've known Josh for uh, about twelve years now. Yeah, uh, I was a junior in high school. Yeah, I was. I wasn't twenty one yet. I was just about to turn twenty one. I think I was. Tw- it was the summer of when I was twenty years old. Yeah. So it's it's been a, it's been a while since I've known Josh. Yeah, I was like um, and we we played in like a metal band together, um, and we both played guitar. And then I was actually, I think I was was I might have been in school to learn how to do recording engineering at the time. AIM? I think I was. Yeah. I think at that time, I was um, learning about audio. Um, so, uh, me and Josh met, and we had we had like a strong connection musically and we became like really good friends. Okay. We still are. That's why we're all here. And, um, I got into recording like music cause I really liked playing guitar, but I always liked the computer side of it. Okay. Like the digital recording. Yep. Um, so I went to school and I learned all that. Um, but there was like a long span where I didn't play live. Um, I actually think the last time I played live before I was in, a previous band that I'm in with this one, mm-hmm. it was like 10 years or almost that I didn't play live on a stage at all. Yeah. Um, I was singing for a metal band and I still am in this band called palpable defeat. And, uh, we needed a keyboard player and I knew that he played keys way back when, but I didn't know like, um, if he would want to do it. So I just like kind of shot in the dark, asked him if he wanted to, you know, come out, hang out at band practice. And he ended up joining for about, Three years? Yeah, it was Something three like years. It was a quick three years though. That it, went was by, fast, it went by really fast. That was a fast three years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so you were that's that was the first time you played live and in a long time. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny because you know, people know me as a keyboard uh, guitar player. Uh-huh. and they're like they they they're oh you play guitar in the band? I'm like, No, I play keys and they're like, Oh, really? They're like they're like they knew I played keys but they didn't know I was interested in playing live with the keys yeah but um that's kind of how me and josh i guess you could say rekindled our friendship because there was a period where we didn't really hang out a lot you know we were kind of doing our own thing mm-hmm. in that weird like mid-20s thing going on mm-hmm. um <laughs> and uh but we always like were close enough where we could talk to each other you know it was always like if i needed him or he needed me we could like just be like hey what's going on and then uh yeah he reached out to me um a couple years ago about the band mm-hmm. Um, and then me and Josh ha- always have had varied interests music musically, like even though like people know probably me and Josh like as I guess someone that would like metal as like their main kind of genre. Yeah. But that's like a, such a small part of what we like, and um, m- we kind of uh, we're like oh we we like different sides of music that a lot of friends that we have may not want to play like the shoegaze thing that's like the canvas ruin. Um, and Josh actually introduced me to a lot of bands that influenced influence the music that we try to write, you know, like uh, the Smiths and stuff like that. Like, I knew of those bands, but I, I never really listened to them. I never had them on my radar. Mm-hmm. And, like, The Cure, I was like, wow. I knew of The Cure. I knew their hits, but he was showing me, all, like, their deep cuts, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. So that's, like, uh, where we bonded. And then he was like, hey, I have this project. Um, and 
I was actually learning how to use a, a new uh, program called Cubase. Okay. I was using Pro Tools for like the majority of my uh, recording life. Um, and I was like, I was kind of nervous because he's like, hey, can you record it? And I was like, you know, I was like, man, I'm learning this new program. But then I was like, it would be a great way to learn the program while we're recording. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, it, there was some funny, you know, mishaps where he's like, can you punch me in here? And I was like trying to figure out the shortcut <laughs> and I couldn't get it. We so spent- I, I had to like Google it. We spent like an hour trying to figure out how to punch <laughs> in a note. No, uh, it was um yeah I recorded a little guitar bit like one take and I'm like was, I can't do it was fine <laughs> except I flubbed this one little part yeah and yeah we spent like an hour learning how to punch in so we were uh, just recording having fun and then it soon became like a band where it was like we're writing together Josh would have an idea um, I would come over and then we would record it and I would I would give him more of like the producer side of the input he'd be like hey I have this riff or this part. I'm like, hey, let's try to double it, or let's go to this part and then this next part, and let's try the verse here. Like the arrangement. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, do you like? Does it need a bridge? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you know things like that. So that's uh, it's been great because I've been able to be more musical the past like year. So you mix it yourself. You you, you the album you guys are doing. You're mixing it. Uh, partially. Um, the first song that we had out, uh, Orchid. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the mix on, and then Greg. What's Greg's? Greg Hemler. Greg Hendler at GMH Audio. Yeah, he did the mastering, and it sounds fantastic. And he also mixed and mastered um, a song that we just released called White Summers. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like a hybrid thing we're doing. Okay. Which is it works great, though. Depending on, like, the... Because uh, we have some songs that are, I wouldn't say, like, heavy, but they're more uh, rock-oriented, where they're kind of in your face. And then we have some that are more ambient. Like, I think, but, like, the, the thread of it is, like, I think atmosphere, kind of like the atmosphere of the songs, that's the common thread. Like yeah. Like some are, are really dreamy. Some are really like up-tempo and fast. But there's a bit of like this etherealness that kind of like goes through every song that we mm-hmm. have. That's why I guess they're cohesive. It's got like a California vibe. I was listening to the, the, uh, the second one was called. It was White, White uh, Summer. White Summer. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like a California vibe. I'm like Everclear kind of kind of sound. Now, yeah, I was, um, when I wrote that, well, when I started writing this music, I had just discovered this genre called shoegaze, which is like really popular in like the uh, late '80s, early '90s in England. Mm-hmm. And um, they got the name of the genre from the press uh, criticizing and making fun of the stage presence of the musicians, like because they had so many pedals, they would just stare at their shoes. Okay. So, so they would call um, them, they would like call them shoegazers, yep. like, and th- which is back then was a very like. Um, ugly thing to call a band or like yeah they kind of they kind of owned the joke yeah but know? like later on they're like hey that sounds cool now it's like an affectionate term like people love like like you can describe like people are like yeah we our music's kind of shoegazy yeah and it's not like a negative thing yeah See, like, that's cool. the first time I ever heard the word shoegaze now I know the bands you're talking about from the yeah. 80s and the 90s I grew up with that stuff yeah um, like my bloody Valentine uh, slow dive uh, Cockatoo twins Jesus and Mary chain. Um, ride. Yeah, ride. And um, there's a few. Um, lush. Well, they got like yeah. Swerve Driver. Those Swerve are... Driver. That's more of like the aggressive side. Yeah, of that's it. that's yeah. kind of like when Josh brings me like a riff or something on a guitar. I almost don't know what it's gonna be because it could be the ambient side of it, mm-hmm. but it, or it could be like like Swerve Driver is more of like it's still ambient. It has a lot of reverb and a lot of sound, like a wall of sound, but it's also kind of heavy. Yeah, it's, so it's rocking. depending yeah. on what he'll bring me, that's how we'll produce the song. Mm-hmm. So like um, like White Summer, 
uh, the newest single that we have. That one is uh, it's more in your face, but it still yeah. has it still has atmosphere. Yeah. But then Orchid is more of like the older school like shoegaze like where it's dreamy. it's dreamy. It's yeah. it has the shorts distorted guitars, but it's more of the clangy guitars that you hear, and it has more reverb and atmosphere. So mm. we have that kind of uh, a balance. yeah, and yeah. I think it has to do a lot with we're we're really inspired by so much music. So like, you know, Josh could pick up a guitar and play like a metal riff, like crazy fast that doesn't even sound like shoegaze. <laughs> but somehow he'll take that influence and then you'll make like a riff that would work for the band. Like that one that we're working on. Yeah. It's like we're we're almost like is that too heavy for shoegaze? <laughs> but we make it work. I guess you could you know? call it shoegaze. Um I guess like for I guess like accessibility. It's just kind of like dreamy, like dream pop, alternative yeah. rock, alt alt rock. Now, I've seen guys go up there yeah. and they've had like 15 pedals, $10,000 boards, and they yeah. got these like drum machines that they're beating on too. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that considered shoegazy or is that just considered over the top? It, yeah, I mean, I think that's really kind of a blanket term. Yeah. Sounds almost like a like post rock or something like that. Post rock is like. Um, it's hard to define. Like, yeah, it's. I, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm, you're good, dude. Yeah, I. It's hard for me to subscribe to a genre, and mm-hmm. it always kind of has been with, like, songwriting and stuff. I yes. mean, I haven't been – I've always been, like, playing guitar, and, like, I've always been in bands, like, rock bands playing guitar. But, like, I never got into the songwriter side of it until I was in my early 20s. Okay. And so, like, when I started that, I just didn't want to write – I couldn't write one kind of music. Yeah, so, songwriters – because yeah. I'm a songwriter, so yeah. you write, like, whatever you can. Like, I wrote one song, Bree Sing. Yeah. It's a rock song. I could never sing it. Yeah, and then a lot of stuff turns out to be country, or I write something that maybe I get as a songwriter yeah. part of it because yeah, especially and when you take it into the studio too, you like you'll write something and then you'll take it to the studio, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it completely changes what yeah. you wanted to do. When you put it in that context, it really kind of either gives it life or may, or makes it a different song. Yeah, almost, and that's yeah that that that's kind of why I think we sound the way we do is because it's really hard to do one thing, yeah. especially for me. Like I. Like I sing in a metal band, you know, I, I've played guitar and like with Bree and like uh, with Toxic Foxtrot. Uh-huh. Um, I uh, played guitar in like a metal band with him when I was with younger. With me, yeah. We played like a thrash metal band, like yeah. power metal band. Yeah, something like that. Like it, it's just hard to say what it, like, what it is. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I think though, well, at least for me personally, and I, I, I don't want to speak for Josh, but I feel it's the same with him, is um, the older you get, a lot of the genres that you may have uh, not listened to when you were younger because you're like, ah. Uh, I'd rather listen to just metal or something, you know, like, because we're like guys that like metal. Um, you start to be like, I think it's okay to like these genres because there's a lot of genres that I put off when I was younger because I was like, oh, it's it's so lame to like metal and like like pop music, you know? But then I told myself, like, who cares? I, I like it. So we have so many different genres that it just kind of comes out when you're writing, you know, yeah. like one riff might sound this way or a bridge or an ending might sound like a completely different yeah. genre, but you make it work in the context. Right. And I think that's what makes it sound cool. You know, and I think a lot of musicians do the same thing as they have. They love different styles of music. Yeah. Like, because growing up, I would listen to country, but I would also listen to the Eagles. Yeah. I'd also listen to Tupac. I'd also <laughs> listen yeah. to Two Live Crew. I mean, there was Two Live Crew. Yeah. I mean, I had Metallica. I listened to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like with the heavy metal, I couldn't listen to the heavy metal because I, I loved the musician side of it. The screaming stuff kind of like throws me off. But to to play as fast as you guys do when you're when you're thrashing. That's talent right there. It's um I like Pantera. I would listen to Pantera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pantera is a great band. Um that was like one of the first ones I ever got into. It was like Metallica, yeah. Pantera, Megadeth, um, things Megadeth, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um Exodus, um Testament. 
Yeah, all, yeah. The, all those thrash bands that we yeah. really liked. And then you look at those bands and you realize they actually liked a lot of music that you wouldn't think they liked. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, so it's cool for them to like it, then I guess I could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, Randy Blythe, um, actually my ball, like Randy Blythe from Lamb of God, mm-hmm. um, he's like, you know, heavy metal vocalist like screams and Doesn't stuff he like country or something or well like, I, he i know aaron stain or aaron lewis does now yeah yeah he, he does country now he's actually really good yep. yeah it, it's good he music. does really good allison chains covers yeah but um uh, randy blythe I, I my my old boss actually ran into him at like a folk singer songwriter show he went to like randy blythe was there like the just singer doing from, his thing just just going <laughs> just, just going to that's watch awesome. the folk singer which is great like that's that's what i mean yeah it's it's yeah, it's it's almost impossible to be creative when you have like that much like for me. Like, yeah, I think that's why now a lot of people are um they'll have like a main band and then they have their own like creative side projects that are like maybe like a bedroom thing where they don't play live yeah. just to get out of that itch, you know? Yeah, certainly. And I mean like Ben, uh Impalpable Defeat, you know, like he right like uh the band he used to be in, the band I'm still in now. It's it's like a progressive metal band. Mm-hmm. Ben ha- like the he, guitar player, yeah. he's he's an amazing songwriter and he just like he'll write like hip-hop beats he'll write like jazz fusion mm-hmm. like he just put out a, an instrumental record I think it's like a video game soundtrack kind yeah. of thing going he on also, he did sonic adventures too like a cover of the <laughs> entire soundtrack like he's just incredible it's awesome so yeah and that's yeah. honestly that's kind of the yeah. those are generally the people that me and um me and josh hang around like musically and as mm-hmm. friends like people that just like a bunch of music yeah. that are okay to be like hey i like this music and no one's gonna judge them yeah and I, I think that's great. Like I could talk about like this pop song and no one's going to be like, Ugh. they're going to be like, Oh cool. Yeah. I like it too. Or I'm going to talk about this metal or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we all, we all can align on that. I think it's also age as you get older. Yeah. And you yeah. Get it. Ask I mean, me 10, like I said, ask me 10 years ago. Right. I would have been like, this is the only genre I like. I'm not listening to Taylor Swift. Exactly. And now I'm like, now I can respect yes. her and be like, she's an incredible <laughs> yeah. songwriter. She's just a great songwriter and she's really good at marketing herself. Yeah. That her is her last two albums that she released are mm-hmm. Folklore phenomenal. was such a good record. Phenomenal. It was amazing. Folklore. Yep. Mm-hmm. She got out of that pop stuff that she was doing and kind of went back to what she what got her started, which I like. But what she what was cool about her was she made she made it like a she has all these millions of fans and she made like a game out of a release. Now, I mean, us we're we're trying to still find people. We are not at that point yet, but the fact that she did that I thought was incredibly, incredibly smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. She yeah. should teach marketing to people. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's there's probably a, a comfort in that when you get to that kind of, I guess, popularity and freedom where you can just like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And generally people will like it. Absolutely. See, and you don't have to worry about like just dropping out. And that's that's the thing like when, when, when uh, what's his name, Lars cut his hair and everybody had a cow. Oh, he sold out. The man already sold out because he's making millions of dollars off the road. He sells anyway. out every night. Yeah. He sells out everywhere he goes. It's a business. And people are like, oh, you got to do artistic. Yeah. Look, artistic value is great, but it never paid my bills. So if somebody wants me to do this, that's where the freedom comes after your second album. As so well, I think that you're not limited to not being artistic just right. by, like, if you're making money, that doesn't mean you're not ma- being artistic. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what, I mean, just that whole stigma of, people who are signed are sellouts and they're not being honest and yeah i mean let's be honest some people are like some people Mm -hmm. are dishonest in their songwriting which is okay i don't but if you're signed and you're making money playing music i'm never gonna hate on that right i mean and why should you because i mean what's to say okay like if i say well they're they're selling out they're sold or so they're they're not real look they found what they needed 
they they struggled. Not many people will come straight off the street and make their money in the business and the right. music business. It doesn't happen that way. So they've cut their teeth. They done they're supposed to. They found something that they like, and they just made it more corporate because once that corporate get involved yeah they're going to make you do it a certain way because it's a business you're selling your brand you're not selling your music now you are a brand and you're selling your brand to to kids and you're selling it to other musicians and you know you you got to leave some kind of mark yeah certainly. Yeah. and i i think that also what turns a lot of musicians and bands away mm-hmm. if they're uh if they really take their music to heart and they don't want to necessarily have a producer come and have their opinion. Right. And I, that's, I think, why a lot of bands are, there's at least one person in the band that's the producer. Like a lot of bands that we like, like maybe the singer, the guitar player, that's whoever is the producer. Mm-hmm. And if it works for them, that, that's yeah. fine. I mean, I have no problem with anybody doing any of that. But what gets me is when, when these bands that don't make it and that are now they're blaming, oh, it's the system. No, you just got to find a way to make yourself work. Yeah. And uh, with the with the internet now, um, it's it's almost... It's probably the best time to be into music. It's a be- double-edged sword. Depending on yeah, depending yeah. on what the best is to you, money yeah. versus like exposure versus this. Yeah, that. I mean, you really almost have to wear so many different hats to be a successful musician. Mm-hmm. You have to be a great marketer. You have to be a great promoter. You have to be a great like graphic designer. Like yep. you have to um, also be a really good musician. So like you have to, you have to basically uh, like have like five occupations to be a successful musician almost it seems or hire somebody to do it but you better be making money to hire exactly so it's just it's hard like the whole like the advent of like the internet becoming like the most you know um prolific place for musicians and like where they released most of their content or music is like it's a double-edged sword like it's it's you have to occupy you have to have like five different occupations or yeah hire someone to do it but at the same time you also have record labels not you know intruding and allowing like musicians are allowed to be a lot more honest Mm -hmm. about like their art and keep true to it i guess in a way like they don't have outside influence as much so like it's good and bad i'd say you know what i think about a lot um i think about say it's like the 60s or the 70s and you have like led zeppelin or you have like Jimi hendrix Mm -hmm. Imagine if they could go on like Instagram Live and then just talk. <laughs> like you know, I think about that a lot, and I'm like, imagine just going to Instagram and you're like, oh, Jimi Hendrix, and then he's like, I posted this today. This is what I'm doing. It's just like crazy to think about how how music would have been. And if, I'm, you know I, what I mean? I imagine some of those wouldn't you wouldn't hear from them because they wouldn't know how to do it. Right, right. It's a, it's a marketing thing. It's a whole different time of year because there's no denying how great they are. But if if they're relying now, it's like. On Instagram, for we'll take Instagram for example, and they don't know how to, they don't post all the time or follow or hashtag or whatever they got to do. Who's going to hear them? Mm-hmm. Because that's it's still to me, you got to play out, you got to make that's where you make your most contacts. And I think a lot of people fall back onto, oh, I can go live and I don't have to go out play live. And I think they're doing themselves a huge disservice by doing that. Absolutely. So I'm curious. That's a good question because I'm curious how many of them would actually like. I don't see Janis Joplin, <laughs> you know, being on Instagram. Yeah, she probably wouldn't be stable. Can you for imagine? That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too when you're talking about like posting it. And um, it for me personally, I'm not like the greatest uh, 
I'm not really good at promoting myself. Yeah, it's, it's hard. really hard to be like, this is me. It feels so vain. It, yeah. Right. And you kind of have to put that away. Like when me and Josh like playing live and like recording and yep. almost being like invisible in a way. So to be like, this is what we're doing today. It's kind of, what do we say? You know? Yeah. It's like, here's my cat. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like my, my cat will be like clawing my shoulder or something. <laughs> and we'll like take a picture of that. And it's yeah. like, this is our cat. This is a cat. Yeah. So Band that cat. that's one thing uh, that we kind of have to grow to like yeah. my wife uh amanda she's phenomenal at that like yeah she's got like a like a patreon and yeah like she, a- she's do she does patreon she has youtube instagram she manages a couple and she's like really really good at that so i go to i go for her to like a lot of advice like what do you what how, how, how do, do i do, I do this <laughs> what do you, yeah. how do i seem interesting online uh, <laughs> and that's that's the key because yeah, i mean it. it's yeah it's hard. I mean, because and like you said, it feels vain to do that. But honestly, you're there's two different sides to like you said before about songwriting. Songwriting is about the heart. You want to get it out. You want to write it. You'll Certainly. make it whatever way you want to do. And then now here's the business side. You want to promote your album coming out, or you want to promote a show that's coming up. Okay. Well, how do you do that if nobody's heard your music? So yeah. you just got to get it out. And good or bad, you just got to get it out and play. Mm-hmm. And that's where people say, like, they talk about, like, the Facebook and the Instagram algorithm yeah. where, you know, you got to post daily so you show up in people's feeds more. Because the way that they – the way that um, their algorithm works is – it's always weird for me. It's not in, like, chronological order. Yeah. It's just based on this specific account's popularity and how much they post and the friends that – of the friends that like this. It's, like, there's a whole science behind it. And, I like, you know, like we're saying, that's – where a lot of talent, unfortunately, could potentially get lost because mm-hmm. you have to follow that game. Oh, certainly. And it can be yeah. kind of it could be kind of rough. I get posts from like yesterday, today. Yeah. And you're <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. I don't know how that works. So, you guys have been playing together for a couple of years now. You said. Yes, sir. Um. How long are the keys? I, I, I when you say you kept saying heavy metal and keys, you said the guitar. Sure. I can understand more of like the animals or something you know, like a ethereal kind of sound oh, like with, an organ or something yeah. like the doors yeah yeah because keys are always it's always hard to find for a bandmate that can play keys at least play them good yeah so certainly that to me that question i have for you guys on that is why did you guys just want to go to that that kind of style is that just something that you know he's like i love it let's just play it well truthfully so last year around like may ish like 2020 um i wrote a song i wrote orchid and um i I recorded all of it like i had like a moment of inspiration like you know lightning in a bottle kind of thing happen at work where i just was like um dooting a little melody to myself like riding around on my forklift you know (laughs) just like do 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 do. let me write this song and then like beeping the horn to it yeah exactly exactly and i uh pulled out my it's illegal, but I pulled out my phone while I was on my forklift just sitting there kind of, um, it's not illegal. They'll just write you up for it or whatever. But um, so I, I just, like the first little line came into my head and I just wrote the whole song very mm-hmm. carefully. And I got home and it turned into like, because I had been listening to like a lot of Smashing Pumpkins and a lot of uh, Slow Dive and My Bloody Valentine, the shoegaze bands I was talking about earlier. And um, it, w- it was just very natural. Yeah. Like just writing that song was so easy in a way 
that doesn't happen every time. You right. know what I mean? But like that just felt very comfortable at home for me because I love textures. I love sound, like big sounds. Mm-hmm. I love reverb. I love, you know, chorus. Reverb's and, awesome. Can't forget yeah. delay. <laughs> yeah, delay. <laughs> I love trippy sounds. You right. know what I mean? Just sounds that are really kind of perplexing, I guess. Anything that is kind of ear catching that just sounds kind of, you know, pulled out of the aether or whatever. That's and why I like 70s music so much. Yeah. yeah. That's when they really started to experiment. So what what I meant was is like um, I wrote that and uh, I started writing a few songs like that. Like I wrote like and then um, I realized I really wanted to play this music live. And so I Matt had just departed from Palpable Defeat um, for he just for like artistic differences or whatever, which is fine. And um, uh I knew that he wanted to play guitar in a band, but I also knew he liked to play keys. And so I just kind of hit him up and said, Hey, I'm, I really want to do this. Like, this is like the first time I've ever had a band that I started kind of, Mm -hmm. and like wrote the songs for all the way, you know what I mean? Which is really a very uncomfortable position for me. But, um, I got Matt on with me and, um, it's been very much like, same page, same wavelength, same concept, same goals, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, like we're not like we don't have we don't have like outwardly expectations for it, but we have like similar desires, like tour like small tours or, you know, playing on a state or putting out a record pretty frequently or right. releasing con- like songs or releasing um record like just recording, writing, like pretty frequently. Like and um, that kind of progress, I think, I knew that I could make that progress with him, mm-hmm. I suppose, because we both had the same desire to okay. kind of, you know, put out things as frequently as we would want to. Like, I can just hit him up, say, hey, what are you doing Thursday? You want to come over and write a song? Really easy. You know what I mean? And it's never really been that easy, you know, musically for me in terms of, like, being in bands and stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's kind of why. Now, what's the weirdest thing you put in a song? Have you got like some kind of weird, like I, reason I asked because you you started talking about that, it made me think of Gypsy Outfit. I don't know yeah. if you know Brandon and them. Yeah, they said they did one song and they took a Chick Fil A wrapper and they just crinkled it in the beginning of the song and then that was part of it. Um, I think that we have um, it's mostly like guitar sounds. Okay, I'd say that are weird. Like I have like this one song that I just like we had just finished, where um. My Bloody Valentine started this guitar technique where you like you play like it, you know how like the jazz master has the floating tremolo mm-hmm. over it. Well, what the guitar player from that band would do is like every time he'd pick, he'd bend it out of, in and out of tune, in and out of tune, over and over. So it, like when you tr- double track that, it has this weird phase effect. It almost sounds like a cassette or a record like okay. warping. Yeah, it has like this really interesting kind of like pull back and pull into tune thing. It's hard to explain unless you hear it. But then, like, under it, I, I really like reverse reverb, too, mm-hmm. which is, that can be really, really frightening sounding. <laughs> and I I really like just the jarringness of it. But, like, you know, if it's mixed properly and it's, like, in there, it'll just sound like, whoa, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Like, that's more like what I'm going for, I suppose. Okay. In terms of, like, weird sounds. I actually have an answer to that if you don't have anything. Go ahead, though. Yeah, no, that's, I don't. Go ahead. Okay, so um, it's it's not anything that we have at the moment, but it's something that we accidentally had happened to us when we were remember we were setting up my pedal board oh yeah <laughs> this was like a month or two ago it was the weirdest thing we were setting up my pedal board and i think we had a mic on the amp yeah and we had um the the track for that microphone like 
record enabled so we could hear it. And we got we picked up a frequency from the radio and <laughs> like, we recorded it, but it was ter- it was like this weird like speech thing. It was a really evangelical kind of like <laughs> um, but I'm like, well we like, gotta record this. Like faith healing kind of segment on like some gospel station. Wow. But we had like <laughs> it sounded like a horror movie. It did. It, it was, was kind of awesome. <laughs> it was terrifying, but it was like we had like um, a bunch of gain on the amp too. Like we had like a fuzz going. We had oh like, yeah, we actually put distortion and stuff on it. Too. Yeah, we put like it was awesome. we started putting all these effects on it. So we picked up like this radio. It was awesome. Broadcast. So maybe maybe we'll put that in something. I don't know if that's legal, but I would love to. Sure. I mean, I mean that's something like that should be open. Unless it's part of a song. Any type of like a, I imagine any kind of sermon or something you could put on yeah, there. It was weird though because we we're like, do you hear something? And then I just went to the monitors and I was like, and I turned up the volume. It's a ghost. <laughs> it was like a ghost. We I looked at each other. Like I have generally it recorded like on my phone, like a video of the amp. Of the, <laughs> I, really I can show funny. you later. Yeah, like, absolutely. It was really funny. It's wild. Like it, it scared. But yeah, it like scared me. Yeah. Speaking of like you know weird sounds, a lot of what we do, honestly, and this is a goal that we had in the beginning, is try to be as organic as possible. Mm-hmm. So when we record, we don't do uh, like we don't, we don't do any. Um, uh, uh, time aligning on the guitars or anything uh-huh. um, you know if there's like a weird vocal maybe we'll just pitch a note or two but for the most part we don't change anything we try to like for example Josh when he records uh, he'll record the rhythm track the entire way so if there's like dead space or like noise we just cut it out but mm-hmm. whenever he records he likes to record the whole song generally when you sing you'd like to get a scratch track the whole way yeah so we try to make it as like how bands used to record. They, you know, granted they would record as a full band at, at the same time right. when they would hit record. But yeah, know. like in the sixties, <laughs> when, when they only had like a couple takes, that you cost yeah. the money on that. Yeah, 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 you had like maybe you only had like four or eight tracks of tape that you had to record to. So yeah. we try to do that. We don't have like hundreds of tracks in our sessions. It's it's pretty minimal, but we we enjoy that. That's that's one thing that we really wanted. We wanted to have it sound real. I don't mean to contradict you, but I think Orchid actually has the most. I think there's like a dozen guitar tracks. Well, even <laughs> then though, you know. But I mean they're all like doing different things. Yeah, the most most really. of the, what we have is the the guitar tracks will have the most. Mm-hmm. We may have a few uh bass track uh bass tracks where uh, we may EQ one differently and take out like the low and then the high end and maybe put uh like we'll we'll record distortion with it or something, but for the most part, you know, you, you open up a session and have like 80 tracks. Where we, we we try to keep it pretty manageable. Yeah, Maybe we'll have a couple of, like some songs we might have a lot of vocal takes, but yo, I mean, we're like harmonies or like double yeah. tracks. Like that's yeah. that's that's a sound I really like. We've it's recorded, like a double track vocal. Like a lot of the songs so that we this. record, we'll yeah. we'll like record it in like one one evening. Or we try to. We try to, yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe we'll get the instrumentation except for, like, just the vo- We won't do the vocals, but we'll mm-hmm. try to get it all uh, at least written out, you know. Josh is what I call, like, a one-take wonder. He's, like, super consistent when he records. And he, 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 it's amazing. I'm like, all right, we're, that's the take. Yeah, Donnie, when you went to Donnie Hammonds and played up there, he, he said you were – he said he is a really good guitar player. He's oh, really dude. consistent. He's super yeah. on point. Well, thank you so much, Donnie. And you and you, because <laughs> Donnie is a great. I, when I go, Donnie's a great guitar player. Honestly. Certainly, absolutely. No, I yeah, I know Donnie. Yeah, he he does. Yeah. When I take my stuff, unless it's the band, then I let him play. I'll take up there. I'll, I'll play the song. Here you go, Donnie. I mean, why would I take the guitar away from somebody who can play better than me? Like, you play it. Here you go. I'll play it for you. This is what it is. Now, as a band, yeah, we play as a band. But when I'm doing the songwriting stuff, there's no sense in me playing the guitar part when he can do it better. Just... I, I hear you. Um, what's funny too is like when I joined PD, I just did vocals and like Ben, being such an amazing guitar player. Like actually, when I first joined, I was 
gonna did you play guitar i was gonna like i learned a few songs but trying to play and sing that stuff like i really admire like have, hard. like <laughs> have like like front men who play guitar like in metal bands that's mm-hmm. That's just that is that is something I don't understand. Yeah. Like I don't know how people can do that. There's not many, if any, that I can think of off the top of my head, like prog bands that play that style that do vocals and sing. Because I remember, I'm sorry, I do vocals and guitar like that. Maybe like Opeth, but even then, it's not that. Hard. Yeah, it's not o- that wild. Opeth, yeah, that, that's like a. Well, they were like a prog death metal band, but they became like a prog rock band. But um, yeah, they uh, yeah, their songs are more like chord progression oriented yeah. a lot of the time and like but like even like metallica like james hadfield he's, he's a machine he, he's insane his right hand is like out of control yeah his right hand is like <laughs> it's, swollen. it's like out here don yeah. picks forever yeah so that's uh, that, a lot of people don't realize it's hard to to sing and play at the same time i don't know many even country artists rock artists they they may they may have a guitar on them and they may like finger pick a little bit but they're you're not going to hear them so you're gonna they're gonna be playing just so they know where they're at in the song yeah and then they'll sing. yeah they have a lot of uh like session people on stage mm-hmm. they'll maybe just do like the chords like you said to keep it i but think stapleton play he plays he's, he's, does. he's awesome no stapleton's just a he's he's, he's great. insane he's really good <laughs> at everything he does mm-hmm. like he's just one of those people they, <laughs> they did a video him and justin timberlake they did it in one take i saw that you saw the video fantastic Yep, there was a whole video like a and it's one take. They just took the whole thing. Yeah, Justin Timberlake is amazing too. Yep, everybody yeah. teases him, but I mean, he is a great musician. He's, he he's yeah, he's out of this world. People forget he's like a he's a southern guy. Like you know, mm-hmm. he, he grew up in I think Tennessee. Yeah. Did he really? So yeah, he's he, from south. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I wouldn't maybe not like southern guy, but you know, his roots are yeah. in the south. I didn't well, know that. He can't yeah. be southern in a boy band. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what? hey, NSYNC is incredible. That would be so. a funny. That would yeah. be a funny boy band. I think they call that bluegrass. Yeah, right. Oh, All that bluegrass. They have fiddles and mandolins and violins. Boy band bluegrass. Like, <laughs> imagine new kids on the block, but like bluegrass. Like, uh-huh. Step by step. And this, like, but I, there is a violin in that. Actually. I will find one. That that's that's what we're gonna have to find. If anybody's listening to stuff, find. I want you to find me a YouTube channel or an artist that is a boy band, southern a southern boy band, bluegrass southern boy band. I, I want to hear that. Awesome. There is a um um. A bluegrass band that covered a T Pain song. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they do Snoop Dogg too. Hey, see Dixie. Oh, is that who they are? <laughs> that's who. That's who did the uh, Snoop Dogg. I don't know about T Pain. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, they did the Apple Bottom Jeans song. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Shawty Got Low? Is that the name of the song? I think. Uh, I think that's I the think title. I think it's Low or think, Low or yeah. something. Something like that. Yeah, they they did like Shawty Got the Apple Bottom Jeans <laughs> with the fur, yep. and I was like, that's amazing. There, um, <laughs> there's two of them that I know. Of. I can't think. It's Iron something, <laughs> but I know one of them's Hasty Dixie. They did all the, like the Snoop Dogs, like the Gin and Juice, and yeah. hilarious. Uh, and then there's another one. Oh, um, uh, the uh, Gourds. They did uh, Gin and Juice. Did I think. they? Yeah, they, that's like a mandolin player, mm-hmm. like in the beginning. Yeah, and he's like, "So much travel around BC," and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh." That's amazing. <laughs> We're going down a rabbit hole of YouTube here later. Yeah, I we promise are. you guys. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, no, dude, like, I speak in meme, so. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's your life. Yeah. Well, let's hear one of your guys' songs. Oh, Which I one love- do you want to do first? Oh, uh, want to do Orchid first? Sure. Yeah. Okay.
that off so we don't hear ourselves and that's coming out of the speaker yeah <laughs> it's good for playback but not when you're talking yeah yeah <laughs> for sure so you can you need to man sound okay yeah yeah sounded real good as long as you guys can hear like i said why well, do bands and that stuff too i usually let you guys hear yourselves mm-hmm. um normally it's just guitar you can hear yourself while you're playing but with keys i didn't think about it until you said oh you got a mantra it's like oh, oh yeah it's been a while <laughs> no, <laughs> it's it's a, no worries keys. it's all right so you wrote who wrote orchid you wrote that? i wrote that one uh mm-hmm. 
tell me a little bit. I'm a songwriter. I love to hear stories. Oh, sure, certainly. It's, um, orchids are like a very um, beautiful flower, but they're also they have a very short lifespan. So I just kind of it was an allusion to like a relationship okay. where you're kind of like really head over heels, kind of you know it's very intense. You know, it, it it's going great for a short time, and then yeah. just however you're connected with that person, you know, it's not enough to. Real, it's basically the song is really about um, pa- being past your expiration date and knowing it, and still trying to make it work anyway. Okay, I suppose. I, I like that analogy because orchid yeah. is a better visual than a fly. Certainly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Certainly, and and people love flower songs, and they love songs with like the seasons and, yeah. and things like Very that. Very much, yeah, because we can all relate in a way. Not say we can all relate to an orchid, but when you look at its beauty and then, you right. know, things like that, it's it's a visual that you can really go. And the way that you put it poetically for the well, the, the life cycle of it, I mean, that was that was a poetic song. So do you find that for your music it's more poetic than, like, straight stories? Um, yeah, there's a lot of metaphor, okay. I'd say. It's not – none of my music I've ever written has been a, about exactly one particular moment mm-hmm. or one particular person. You know what I mean? Right. It's just more or less like a topic that I feel that I have been through, but you can kind of put metaphorically. I Mm -hmm. suppose I like metaphor. I really do. It gets kind of like, it can get kind of old sometimes. Like I'll find myself like, like there's been a few songs, like of course I've written like on the news songs as well. You know, just, you know, you feel really intensely about something and Mm -hmm. you have to really say it like it is. But oftentimes whenever you're kind of filled with like, like a sadness or like a depression about an event, it's really healing to kind of put it in a relatable way. Like you can relate to someone else with this, like you're not alone in it. And I think putting in, putting things metaphorically makes it more universal. I think like I feel more connected by showing people it, you know, than like writing a song about an event. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because I mean Mm. that songs that stand the test of time are songs that you can relate to no matter what. Everybody's been in a relationship that hasn't worked. Yeah. That they've they held on longer than maybe they should have. Right, right. So every, I mean, they can relate. And that will never change even after you're gone. That story will always be somebody else's story. Right, right. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good way to put it. It's like always relevant. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. That is a that's good a cool way, way to put see it. it. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um, you tell my songwriter. I, I uh, get metaphors like, hey, somewhere. That, that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That got me. When he said the, the thing yeah. about the lifespan, I was like, whoa, I didn't even. I didn't either. I didn't know like, that. What? I was like, damn, now I need to I write know. something about that. I was that. like, wow. <laughs> Good job, Josh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> See, yeah. I always like the stories in different genres. We talked about, like, with country, it's a story of love. And everybody says, oh, it's a truck and dog. And no, it's not that. But it's, it's stories about love and things. Rock is more so music than maybe perhaps a story. So, like, with a metaphor, I like hearing the different songwriting techniques that people use. Mm-hmm. So, explain, like, when you wrote that song, you said it was you were on your... Uh, forklift at work and just yeah. kind of came to you with it. Yeah, um, I, yeah, it was during a time where I was going through something like that. Uh-huh. But it was very much like a uh, kind of um, how can I put this as bleak as possible, you know? Yep. But like also um, something that, yeah, like you said, something everyone relates to. And so I just kind of put that in my head too. Like orchids are my favorite; they're my favorite flower. Okay. But um, like I love flowers. Like I love floral imagery and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. I really gravitate towards that. But um, I think that, uh, yeah, it was more or less like just a 
I was feeling this emotion, like going through going through a situation like that. Okay. And it just kind of more or less, it was it was easier for me to talk about it, like, in a song, I guess. You know. A lot of songwriters have yeah. that that ability. Matt, you said that you you write some too, right? Uh, not. I write. I don't really write many like lyrics. I, okay. I, I'm, like, if I bring, uh, like, an instrumentation. Uh, to Josh, we'll we'll run with it that way, and maybe he'll you know he'll write something on it. But I'm actually a really good idea guy. Okay. Like almost like a wingman for music. <laughs> Where like Josh is like, hey, I have this idea, and I'm like, let's try this. Um, have you met Matt? Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, so um, I don't, I'm not like a I don't sing, and I think that's a big thing too. There's not. I mean, I'm sure there are people that don't sing that right lyrics. Like my favorite lyricist oh, of all yeah. time is Neil Peart of Rush. Yeah, he's, oh, my, dude, he's yeah. my favorite. Talking about metaphors, that's, yeah, he's very much like existentialism. Yeah. And, so, but yeah. Um, I was, I, I just mainly, I'll bring ideas or I'll have ideas, but um, most of the time, Josh will bring something that's a, pretty much like a shell, and then I'm like, hey, let's try this or this, and we work with it that way. Yeah, there's a lot of lyricists that that don't play music. They they don't know how, and it's it's nothing wrong if, if you get somebody that can play the music part of it. They just help you write it. I had somebody put a question one time, like, what is considered a songwriter? Is this person that writes the words or is it a person that writes the music? And I'm like, it's both because mm-hmm. you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a poem. Yeah, like if I – I'm sure like if I had an idea for like a theme that I wanted to bring, me and Josh could work something out potentially together, but mm-hmm. – um, I would generally leave it up to him for the lyrics. Right, we're gonna see how how uh, artistic you guys were. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna look around. I'm gonna give you guys a. I played this a couple times before. I'm gonna give you guys a topic, Uh-oh. and you just tell me what you would write the song about. Oops. Okay. Um, all right. I've got an old greenhouse over there, so you can't really see it because the trees. So I'm gonna give you the greenhouse. When you Ooh. hear greenhouse, what what kind of song would you write about greenhouse? greenhouse? And doesn't have and just artistic, whatever comes to your mind. Uh, something that would, um, I guess like a nurturing place or maybe like a place that used to be nurturing and kind of fell apart. Okay. Like some, something like, of course, a greenhouse is great. Like, uh, flora grows in there and it's like, you know, the light will come in. And so like, but that's oftentimes a lot of, you know, whenever people kind of move out of places, they, uh, have, like unkempt homes or whatever and like often in the unkempt homes there's like a greenhouse in the backyard that they were going to start a project on Mm -hmm. but they ended up not you Mm -hmm. know that's that's right over there well no 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 no, no. i wasn't like i wasn't i'm sorry no you're gonna apologize yeah yeah i'm I'm so sorry did i i didn't mean to no no no. (laughs) like i told you before you're not going to offend me one bit yeah i mean no but like usually that's like the first you know like people start a garden or they start a pool or something but then they move out of the house and like mm-hmm. it doesn't get bought or whatever and like the backyard's unkempt with like these projects that weren't finished something like that so mm-hmm. see now my country side goes that's a good idea because now you got an abandoned home the greenhouse is, is there what about you matt you got any ideas running through your head with i have a potential stupid question but is it an actual greenhouse or a greenhouse for like plants doesn't have to matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. It'd be whatever you wanted like, to be. Because I, I can't see said greenhouse. Here we, here we go. All right. So, uh, <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't know. Um, I thought that's what you meant, greenhouse. No, that's how anything. you took it. And I took it as like a cute greenhouse, like a green colored house. <laughs> Isn't that funny? funny? Yeah. We both saw something else. Yeah. So, the, okay. So, for me, um, 
when I do when I play guitar or when I'm writing music, a lot of times I have like nostalgic visions. Like for me, mm-hmm. nostalgia nostalgia is like a big thing. So I I enjoyed my childhood. I had fun and I skateboarded a lot. I had friends and I I lived in like a I lived in New York, not New York City, but like upstate New York near mm-hmm. Canada. And um, I was always outside, like riding my bike or something. And um, I for me, like the greenhouse would sound like say I was like young and it was like a girl I had a crush on, and she lived in like a greenhouse. That's that's the way that I see it. Like like I'd ride by my I'd ride my bike by her house and see? she had, and she had like a greenhouse. And there's no right or wrong answer to that. That's just that's, that's why how, I said that's why I said I went way too deep on. You that. went actually like a greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, like, like a there was like a botanical. Like, you went to a broken down greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, which that's was even good. cool. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, I get. I, I guess I was I was a little dark. Sorry so, about no, that. No, it. I'm now you yeah. said that my my mind is going like oh shattered windows, shattered lives. That's beautiful like, though. I'm just thinking now I'm. That's where I was going. Song. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna write a song. Yeah. You went you went like it you you went like a deep metaphorical. I went like a Blink 182 song. <laughs> <laughs> like the the cute girl that lives in the greenhouse. Right. No, Blink 182 is amazing. Yeah. No, like, they are. That was definitely yeah. a compliment to them. Yeah, they're, they're a great band. <laughs> you know, they write great songs. And if you listen, guys, come on the show. We'll talk. You can you can talk to Josh and, and Matt. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why I like the question. Like I said, when you ask a songwriter something, they look at the world in a completely different way. And there's no right or wrong way that they do it. It's just that's how they look at it. Mm-hmm. Now you kept saying you saw the dark side, but you know what you kept saying is you kept going back to the hope of of it growing back and nurturing it up yeah so even though you went dark you put that ray of hope in there sure which i think as songwriters they have sometimes they write two dark depressing songs that you know it's just like okay we get it you're you're making a sad and that throws it off i mean but it's funny listen to it because you're like there's hope in there and yeah I that was really cool That's you know cool. my favorite bands do the contrast of like really upbeat happy sounding music mm-hmm. with like really depressing lyrics like yep. the smiths like they, um, oh yeah, like uh, like that really jangly guitar sound, but like over some real like really dark topics, mm-hmm. you know, and like suicide or depression. It's like bluegrass. There you go. We're back to bluegrass right, now. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Like I'm all I'm all about that. So yeah. I lo- like, I, I would say like even like the songs that we write, like we've written, like it, a lot it, of it's, it's pretty happy sounding. Like what we we're just playing, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's a bit laid back sounding. It's got like a you know, a, yeah, like a etherealness but yeah it's like it's not exactly depressing like in like musically right. but like the lyrics yeah the lyrics are more like, just like, like introspective this, and not, it's almost on the edge of being it's kind of apathetic it like really. teases <laughs> at the sadness yeah i think if you play have i think I, I think it's a it's a trick that, that a lot of writers do is and musicians is because if you're playing something happy people are automatically oh it's a happy song they're not even really listening to the words they'll, they'll catch the hook because i mean how many people remember the words to songs you remember mainly the hook yeah i mean unless yeah, you they're like your favorite artist yeah. and then you dig into their songs but otherwise you remember the hook of the song so it's one of those things where they they catch you off guard and they play something happy and then mm. they tell you a bad story yeah uh isn't today by the smashing pumpkins a major isn't it a major key yeah it's an, uh, and it's like sad <laughs> yeah Think, yeah, and I um, think it's in a major. Key. Yeah, it's about suicide. Yeah, and the song like, is about suicide. But it's so happy. Yeah. Like when I like the weird thing is when I hear songs like that, yeah. I think of being that kid riding my bike. But then you listen to the lyrics, like, eh, there's some weird. Yeah, lyrics. you're like, I can't really. Oh yeah, Kurt Cobain was had some really crazy lyrics. Oh dude, yeah, yeah. he's one of my favorite songwriters mm-hmm. ever. Like he, he just the way he could like marry chords and melody together and like 
how he would like take off the third and like sing the third, mm-hmm. like just like me- we're getting music theory here, but yeah, his voice was like a like gravel. It, it was, was like, like it was like he was singing it with nails in his mouth. Yeah, but it's, it's awesome. But like, it, there's like so much anguish, you know what I mean? There's a lot of like. Plus, he was very humorous. Like his lyrics are really kind of hum- like tongue in cheek too. Mm-hmm. Like he has that song "Sliver," which was a single, and like the hook is "Grandma, take me home, Grandma, take me home." And it's just like a, it's just like a monologue of him going to his grandma's house when his parents went to a concert or something. <laughs> like it's, it's, and he's just like really sad because yeah. he misses his mom in the song. But I don't know if there's like a deeper meaning to it. But yeah, it's just he has like the sense of humor in it. Yeah, you really dig that stuff. It's 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 so. F- it- he is a, was a great songwriter. He was a great, like I said, the, the melody. And that's when people heard rock and the grunge, that's the first thing they hear. Like if you turn on uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, you hit that lick, they yes. automatically know what's yeah. coming. Yes. Yeah. Could they tell you the words? Probably not. But they make their own up. Yeah. I mean, we all did. Like That's like Pearl Jam. We just don't know it, what It's saying. enigmatic, really, how that just got so, like, you hear, like, yeah, that's. I guess that's the hallmark of like a really good song is like hearing just a couple seconds of it and then mm-hmm. just identifying it immediately and like relating to it and like having like a moment where you listen to it when you're younger or whatever. And I think yeah, Nirvana was very like the kings of that. Yeah, they, they, they got the <laughs> uh, the simplicity down, but they were just great you know, songs. Yeah, you know that's what the I mean? thing. Like at their core, like if yeah. if you could write a good song, it doesn't have to be like. That's why I, I get not in arguments with people but like when they hear a song and they're like oh it's it's easy or it's simple it's not technical it's like well it's about the song and like what you give to the song and mm-hmm. respecting the song and making sure it's a good song to write and that's kind of why i like what we're doing it's not very technical but it makes sense musically what we're doing you know yeah um i guess the technical aspect of it would be the engineering or like the pedal yeah, or in that, that, making that, making yeah. this making no- wall of noise make sense yeah <laughs> make sense and make it yeah that that's not in the songwriting so much just like it's weird yeah like i guess but yeah i guess you're right yeah it's mostly like in the pedal play and like the tone building like and like but not also not spending too much time on it yeah again we yeah we'll try to just like crank a song out you know yeah josh does pretty much majority of the recording on the guitars and Mm -hmm. he actually you do the bass too yeah and i'm just you know behind the uh the computer you know recording everything making sure it sounds good well, hell, there's some songs like Stapleton would do with like two chords in the yeah. whole song, but you would like, oh, that's a great song, but there's it's sim- it's a simple song. It's the even, melody. You might not notice. Melody. You might not even it's, notice it. It's yeah. the melody that carries it, you know. And Chris and Stapleton it, writes amazing melodies, and it just so. changes it. He'll, he'll change the way he sings it, and that's a trick for for up and coming songwriters and singers too. Is you can take a song and three chord songs, that's fine, and then keep the same same rhythm like guitar wise, but change your your voice. And make it a different melodic that way. Yeah. And that's something I've learned recently too. That's really cool because if you can go and change the way you sing it, it doesn't. It's not boring. That's what people get with is like with songwriters. It's a lot of times they'll play the same thing and they'll play four and a half, five minute songs. Okay, if you're playing it the same way and singing it the same way, you're gonna lose people. You just are. It's just four and a half minutes, five minutes long, and it's the same chord progression, and there's no dynamics. And either the voice or the instrumentation to take you away from that, 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 you know, for four and a half minutes. Yeah, what, what we do a lot uh, production wise is um, most of the songs have 
three to four choruses, I'd say. Um, generally, the first chorus, this isn't always, but this is a kind of a pattern that we try to do, is the first or second chorus may just have the lead vocal and they won't have any harmonies. Mm -hmm. And then um, the maybe the end chorus or the third chorus, if that's the end one, it'll have a stack of harmonies and you'll hear, and they'll be panned mm -hmm. left and right. So maybe the melody is the same, but it'll have more layers to it. Okay. And I think that's an, like a... It's a good way to add dynamics. It's a, yeah, it's a good way to add dynamics and yeah. have it sound tech different without maybe not being different. Right. And not... Y'all don't really have to put a bridge on it, do you? So. Uh, I could, there's maybe one or two songs that have a bridge. We yeah. got a couple bridges, yeah. And it, funny, it's funny that you brought that up because... Um, uh, remember when we first recording, I'm like, Josh, none of these have bridges. Yeah. And you're like, it's cool. And then I started listening to like the style. I'm like, I guess they really don't have bridges. Yeah. But some of again, some songs work. In some songs, it's right. just we don't need it. Yeah, I guess going into it, we we really don't consider that. You know, what I mean, you don't. Yeah. It just we've really just written the song, and it just became what it was supposed to become. And I think that if it needs a bridge, it's pretty apparent. Yeah. That that'll come out pretty quickly. Yeah. Like if it needs one. But yeah, that's that's the thing is like spending too much time on it. Like yeah, that's that's the that's where you get in your creative rut and you start like questioning yourself and overthinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think when you talk about like the harmonies and stuff, and a lot of times the trick that they'll use is they won't change anything. They'll drop stuff out. Yeah. And then that's their bridge, and I'll use quotations because it's not really a bridge, but it's different. It's a chorus, but it's sung differently. Or it's sung the same, but there's not as much instrumentation in it. Yeah. And then they go right back into the chorus again. And yeah. Everything I in. think we have a few songs that uh, will have like a bridge. Instru instrumental, instrumentation-wise, it'll be the same, mm -hmm. but the vocal melody is different. Yeah. The vocal I, th I think Vines has that, right? Yeah. It's like I think it's like the verse, Yeah. but it's a different melody, it's, sort of. It's technically a bridge, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Because everybody want to write, they're like, bridge, oh, I hate bridge. I'll be the first one to. I don't like putting a bridge in song. I try not to. I'd, I'd rather do a damn uh, music solo. I just put there a solo go. in there. Yeah. Because like, I love that kind of stuff. Like, let every, all the musicians get their solo, throw in a key, throw in a guitar, throw in a drum, throw in a bass, and then they we're done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really like doing that, like, in a jam kind mm -hmm. of sense. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've... I've been playing around a lot. Like I've been, I've been doing it for a while and played with like a lot of like I've done like the three-piece cover band thing mm -hmm. a few times. And you know, if you're trying to drag out four hours of music, you're gonna have some solos, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so like I'll take one for like a second, then I'll just look at uh, the bass player and he'll, and I'll just drop out and like make a couple, you know, little embellishments here and there. And yeah, that's a good way to fill up four hours of music is. Mm -hmm. Solo. <laughs> yes. Do some uh, Iron Butterfly and the God of Vita. Jump yeah. solo. 30-minute <laughs> yeah. song. 30-minute yeah. solo. Yeah, exactly. It's a great way to fill up time. But, no, I mean, like, too, I mean, uh, with this kind of music, it's it's kind of hard to put in solos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Sorry, go ahead, dude. No, 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 no. I was, I was just piggybacking on Yeah, that. no, like, yeah, so, like, with the sound, it's almost, like, constant sound like it's almost like we put the reverb on a hundred it's kind and of it never dies out but, and we feel yeah. like if we had like a so like solos in there it would it would kind of take it off course we just want to have it just be a con well because like it's just a constant drone it's more like it's song based mostly mm -hmm. i'd say yeah it's almost not music it, it is music based but it's almost not like yeah there's it's more just like the sound of it and like you have the bare bones of it and then just just kind of 
destroying it. I actually have a, <laughs> a, a potential analogy that might make sense. I'm not as good as you, Josh, but we'll see. You know when you're driving? And some you almost it's not that you daze off, but you're like, How did I get here? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how our music tries to be. I it, suppose. You know? Yeah. Where you're just like it's just like well, it just kinda goes. Yeah. 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 And it, I yeah, it it, that makes that it way. sound kind of boring, but yeah. No, 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 no. Music. no but think of think of bands like Slow Dive. Think of like Slow Dive. Yeah. You just put them on, you're like, whoa. Yeah, you know, it's a trip. Yeah, it's a trip. It's an experience. Yeah, I'm not saying that we're an experience or anything, but yeah, it, the song is more like it. Uh, we just let it happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that's you know, that's the most natural thing to do. There's nothing, yeah, better than when you're sitting there and you're in a, and you're in a groove <laughs> with the band and you're playing and everybody's on time. Everybody's just feeling the song. I mean that that is such great high just to be part of it. Yeah. I mean a lot of people get their senior nervous and they but. I think if you if you're again we talked about before about the live stream versus live mm-hmm. actual live if you don't experience that part of it you're not getting the fulfillment of music that you should. I agree. There's something about playing live. It's not even it's it's more like you're experiencing it with other people. Mm-hmm. Like David Bowie used to say, like people don't go to concerts to listen to music; they go to concerts to to be with each other. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's a, it's not even that's so true. much like entertaining the audience it's just hanging out with the audience or like hanging out with people that like music as much as you do or just as excitable about it as you and that's why i like playing live it's Mm -hmm. i just like it's like hanging out in my living room with all of my friends screaming the songs we like (laughs) you know what i mean like that's like like uh and like that's a, I'm in a grunge cover band, um, actually. How many and bands are you in, actually? Me? Three yeah. or four, right? Three or four. <laughs> so this band, Ca- Canvas Ruin, Palpable Defeat, I sing for, and J- Jeremy Would Let Me Drown, which is the grunge tribute band I'm in. <laughs> and, yeah. It's funny when that's, people that's meet a, you and they only know you as, like, not a metal singer. So when they hear him do, like, Chris Cornell, they're like, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the opposite. Like, I knew him as that kind of person. So to be like, oh, I like this music, I'm like, oh, it's... So it just depends on how you meet somebody. Right. Yeah. It's I, funny, you know? I'm I'm really bad at first impressions, I think, <laughs> in that way, because I, I just, like... I like doing so many different kinds of music, mm-hmm. like like we were talking about earlier. And, yeah, I, it's hard to just... It, it, it's hard to in a way because yeah like putting myself out there it's like oh i didn't i didn't know you sounded like this i thought you like were in this metal band mm-hmm. and i'm like well uh there's no. a um yeah. what's her name there's a metal singer um and you ever heard this, bon- uh, this band in this moment yeah maria brink i love that band yeah mm-hmm. i've heard her do stuff just acoustically and she has got such an amazing voice certainly i mean her videos scare my kids but other than <laughs> <laughs> certainly <laughs> not in this moment's a great band yep yeah they're a really good band yeah, my girlfriend kind of got me into them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, um, I really just, yeah, I just, like, it's very dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, which is cool. You yeah. know, it's, it's it's kind of its own experience, you know. Yeah. So. Like I said, the video of my kids watching, what are you watching, Daddy? And I, I think they watched the one with, um, she was dressed as a, she's a nurse. I don't know if it was Blood, that was the name of the song. Um, I can't remember now, but they that's the first one they saw, and like, hmm. That is just scary. <laughs> well, let's hear another one of your guys' song. Which oh. guys want to do now? Yeah, we can do a song. Sure. Um, Losing Sleep? Yeah, let's do Losing Sleep. All right. Cool. I 
hopefully to remain to never see the light of day to never recant to never repeat those sins of my fathers and mothers same life for the rest of your life it'll always remain for the rest of your days of festering Okay, Tarek. Well, that's it. Yeah, cool. You could. Nice. You see, in the studio, I have everything set up, and you just no moving around. You can stand up, play a song, come back. Oh, right on. <laughs> I hear in a gazebo, we're moving around, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it though. It's cool. You're, when I do a band, what I re- usually do is like I did that with you guys, as I put you guys outside in a circle, and I learned it from your guys' band doing Toxic Foxtrot. I mm. put the because uh, you guys kept having the microphones, and one would die, I had to change batteries. So now what I do is I got a condenser mic. I'll stick right in the middle of everybody and just put them around it, oh, and that way I yeah. pick up everybody. Like a bike right on. That's cool. cool. So what was that song called? It's called a Losing Sleep. Oh. There you go. Uh, <laughs> this song's called uh, Losing Sleep. 
I was wondering why you were so loud for a second. I was like, you're really loud there, Josh. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, it's my fault. I forgot to turn off the volume thing. There's so many knobs on this. But go ahead. You say it's called Losing Sleep? Yeah, the song's called Losing Sleep. It's, uh, I wrote that, um, I think I actually wrote that one in like March of last year, somewhere around that time. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, we actually, um, I wasn't even sure if we were going to, I was going to put it in with this band because it's a little weird, but. Hmm. I don't think it's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, let me say, what do you mean by weird? Not, well, it's pretty dreamy, like it, in the. like It's groovy. In the it's kind of grooved. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, that's actually the only, of the songs that we're playing here, that's the only song I actually play keys on live. Okay. So the other songs that we're playing, like, we kind of had to make an arrangement to work with the guitar and, and the keys. Um, but um, I remember when we were trying to find a sound for it, like a tone, um, I was going through patches and I was messing with them and I found one and you're like, don't change it. And I think that's when it became like a Canvas Ruin song where we found a tone on the keyboard that was really like dreamy and it was like uh, like this... It's like a poly, I think it's like a polysynth, you know, it has mm-hmm. like a kind of like an 80s sound to it, like a <laughs> late 80s, early 90s, like keyboard that you would hear. Mine like soap operas, the old soap operas. The, yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Mr. Mom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they're watching the soap opera, whatever. I can't yeah. remember which one they're watching, but that's what it reminded me of. Days the of Our Lives? Dun, dun. Was that what they were watching, Days of Our Lives? Or, or Guiding Light or something? I don't know. My granny used to call her stories. She'd watch <laughs> her stories every day. Yeah, my mom used to watch soap <laughs> operas when I was growing up, too. Yeah, but I, I like a lot of uh, like 80s and 90s synth. It's like synth sounds, so that's where we kind of made it work. We're like, Ooh, what were your thoughts on it? Did you like it? I liked it. I did yeah. like it. Yeah, like I said, the, I like the little piano part that keeps dun dun. I like that melody of it. It was really cool how you guys did that. Yeah. Cool. So generally, what I did was, um, yeah. I was just I would follow what Josh was doing with the chords, and I would just extend it, or uh, like the melody in uh, in the verse. I'm, I think I'm basically just kind of arpeggiating some notes that you did with the chords. And we made it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it, it turned out really well. Are you guys getting to play out live now anywhere? Yeah, we actually just played at a Smith's June twelfth. I saw that with Toxic Foxtrot. Yeah, and, I, I um, ended up playing guitar melodic with Monster. them on that set too. Mon- that was cool and Melodic Monster. It was awesome. Yeah. It was a phenomenal turnout. Yeah. It was like cool. People are ready to see music again live. It was pretty packed. It was so fun. Yeah, it I was, had a blast. It was everybody killed it. It was amazing. It was a really good. It was a really good show. Yeah. Yeah. Bree asked me to play guitar on that show because I was already there. And mm-hmm. It was cool. It was. It was cool. <laughs> what is she doing if you wasn't there? Well, I, I don't. <laughs> well, I think she would have found someone. I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't play with them anymore. But like, I still like. She's yeah. still my dear friend, and I love her very much. And like, I try to. I, I played the Masquerade with them. A couple months ago. Or so. I don't even think it was that long ago. I remember that. It was yeah. like two or three weeks. Was it? Maybe. I don't know. Time goes by quick sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, that was cool. Like, I mean, if I can. like. So what I hear is that if you see Josh out at, at your one of your gigs, he will play guitar yeah, for you. It, Just seem, it, it seems like it. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? No, I mean, I, I try. I mean, she's my dear friend. Mm-hmm. I really love her very much and try to help her when I could. Now, Smith's so bar, they got like what three? Is it three levels still? Two, just two. Okay. Two. It's got the Atlanta room downstairs, and like the upstairs is like that big room, you know, with the, like the, big. I think it's like an eight hundred, like a, how how many hundred people? I could, don't know. Like three hundred people capacity. Okay. And like downstairs is like I think like a hundred. I know years something. ago, 
I thought they had like a third one because years ago we would do a like a songwriter meetup group there, and they would put you in that room when you first come in all the way to the right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the Atlanta room. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a green room in the back of it, kind of. I don't remember that. Maybe. Yeah. I, I I'm sure there is, but I don't remember the green room. Yeah, it, it's. That's really, three, four years. It's ago. really like a storage room. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like, they have like an ice chest with like some, <laughs> yeah. like like a, well one of those like troughs with like mm-hmm. and they just put like takati in it and right for the bands and yeah it's uh yeah i mean everyone just loads their gear back there and they just have like two couches and you know it's typical diy green room yeah now where's the weirdest places you guys ever played you, weird, could, you don't have to like name ever? the thing if you want to but i played in, in a general store like a convenience store really? in rome okay uh with i was in a band called fair shake a few years ago oh with uh, shane shane goss yeah yeah, yeah she, she's a dear friend too i love her very much <laughs> Um, yeah, but we played at a general store, like a convenience store type thing mm-hmm. in Rome. And the guy lived there. <laughs> like he lived under the stairs. Wow. <laughs> it was very Are like, we sure he lived there? like, like Harry right. Potter kind of, <laughs> uh-huh. like, it was really interesting. Uh, I don't know if his store still open. I don't remember his name. I don't remember the name of the place. Uh-huh. I don't even remember where it was in Rome, but this was like 2016. Okay. I think. So this was like five years ago and um oh i got one sorry sorry go I just, ahead. Where, no, no, where, no, no, you're good go ahead i just where have you played no no, no. <laughs> i i don't know if i can think of any right oh now. man this is awesome i have two but one's funnier i think it's funnier i don't know uh the one i'm thinking of we actually played at. I'll, I'll, I'll potentially get into that one um uh the one i'm thinking about when i was i think 15 or 16 we played a show at my at the basis dad's auto shop <laughs> that's awesome. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. super cool. But the, the one I was thinking of was, remember when PD played a, at a pizza shop? Yeah. We, that was so awesome. Indicator, we did that pizza play. Dude, it was so sick. It had like this little PA, like mounted, like this little, these little tiny speakers, like computer it speakers was, mounted. It was like, but they have like cables running and like converted to quarter inch. So they were powering those little tiny speakers. I actually speakers. had to go to Guitar Center to pick up a cable because they didn't have <laughs> enough inputs in their PA. Yeah. And Dude, that was so fun. We had a blast. Was, and I mean, everyone was like, the whole band, like, all the bands were using like, I think they were using like amp simulators, like, mm. like Axe Effects. I think the or, first band maybe used amps, but. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. If they had space on yeah, Spur- stage. <laughs> Spurge played there. Yeah. Spurge. Yeah. yeah. With, when I, yeah, they played there. And yeah, they had amps. Wasn't like, Ben playing like in front of a table? Yeah, and I was, was I was like standing pizza in front I, of him. I was like standing off the stage, like in, with Ben. Dude, like, it was awesome. I, I would do that. I would do that again any day. I yeah, couldn't hear any anything. Like I, I didn't know if it sounded good. Yeah, there's no monitors. There's no monitor. Yeah. It, was, it was just loud. Like you know how it is. I was yeah. like, it, oh, I think there was monitors maybe in the front, but they were like facing the wrong. I don't. It was weird. So I was. I remember I was trying to get EQ. Uh, or not EQ. I was trying to like get like levels for myself. I was like, I can hear myself. And then Ben played a chord, and it, I couldn't hear anything else. I was like, Oh well, I, let's see how this goes. Uh, it yep. was. I couldn't hear a word I was singing. It was funny. And I did like this. Like we're a death metal band at times, so like I was screaming too. And we're like in a pizza place. <laughs> and there's like just people like sitting eating dinner, and we're just like <laughs> we're just yelling at them. <laughs> we're just like yelling at them. It was really funny. Yeah, I don't. I can't really think of many other like weird places. Uh. I remember playing a place in Marietta. It was a, a tap house. And they said, okay, bring your drum, bring the whole band. I was like, mm-hmm. all right. So we get there. The stage, I mean, it's literally probably as long as this gazebo and probably as wide as maybe five five planks. So you got. That sounds not great. <laughs> no. <laughs> and we'll put a drum over here. Where? 
So we get up there, and it's got the bassist, and it's got me, and it's got the singer. It's just us three. We didn't have the lead guitarist, thank God, because we couldn't fit it. But, I mean, you got three big old guys. I mean, we're literally shoulder to shoulder playing and singing. I mean, the singer doesn't play anything. He just sings. Mm-hmm. So it's me and the bassist. And then what we did with the drums, we put them over by the door. <laughs> They're like the second door. And that way we just turned them toward the room so you could hear them. <laughs> right. Man. Yeah, I mean – that's a, I mean, a lot of places are like that. It's like, okay, so here's the stage, and it's like a little catty corner. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I noticed yeah. for me is, like, I, you know, I generally play guitar live, but times when I've played keyboard, um, sometimes there's not great lighting on stage and when you can't see your keys. Because <laughs> usually I'm behind everybody. Like, I'm in, yeah. like, kind of, like, the corner, and there's not really any lighting back there, and I'm like, I can't see anything. So I've made it a habit, like, so sometimes I bring, like, uh, one of those little lights. Okay. So, because... Like, like a reading I'm, light? Yeah. I'm like, I can't see anything. So, yeah, I made a habit. I've learned my lesson on that one. I'm like, yeah, wow. when you get an old, you got a reading light so you can play yeah. keys. It looks yeah. cool, too. Get a reading light or, like, a little Game I'd Boy put, light. Should, yeah, yeah, the Game Boy one. <laughs> for, like, the Game put it on Boy a hat. Cup. Yeah. It's like a little hat. Yeah. It's it, like, oh, like, <laughs> dude, one of, like, some of my favorite memories. Like, we're going, like, down a, a, a rabbit hole here. Sorry. But, but Game Boy's dude, cool. Yeah, and it's, like, nostalgia. Like, having a little, like, sitting in the back of your mom's car with, like, just seeing the the street lights and like that little lamp over your game boy <laughs> or yeah that's just, that's, uh, or you go under a tunnel like i or, like a bridge and you couldn't see anything for a second because you didn't have the light yeah you're like yeah. oh no it's like you're playing pokemon and it's like i'm, I'm at the elite four i can't <laughs> yeah and then they finally put a backlight in it they did in the sp I in the sp yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the Because I had the, I had the, I had all the Game Boys and I had that stupid squirrely light. That's what I'm talking I, about. The purple one. The, that's the that one was I had. the best. I had the well, it was like pink purple. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good times. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I told you. We'll go down weird tangents. <laughs> I love it. And I don't, I don't mind. No, I'm, I'm huge into like. Well, I guess we both are kind yeah, of like we, really we pretty into, much like the same stuff. Like yeah. really into video games. Yeah. So like. Oh yeah, I yeah. love video games. Yeah. I had like when I, I didn't have Game Boy, my son did, but I had like an Atari, Heck and yeah. I remember me and my cousin would sit up at Mama's house because all this is family owned land. That was mm-hmm. my mom's house. That's my house and the family graveyard, and we had like this whole box of oranges. I don't know where she got it. She picked it up on the side of the road or brought it from work. I don't even remember. But we we're sitting there playing uh, football and Pac Man and all that all night long. Ate that whole boxes of oranges. Wow. So we woke up the next morning. Oh, my stomach hurts. Yeah. We got some ulcers. Uh-huh. All of that citrus. Yeah. And then Nintendo came out after that, and I remember playing Duck Hunt. Some of my favorite oh, memories yeah. are playing video games with, like, my friends and stuff. Dude, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone needs to have a sleepover and just, like, play video games. There's, a, there's actually a lot, Every of, person. There's yes. a lot of moments in my life where I would be playing guitar and video games Dude, at the same too. time. me too. I mean, like, girl. I like, would just have it. Because the, the good thing about guitar is regardless of where you are you can hear it even mm-hmm. if it's electric unplugged you can hear it so i'll have a controller and then you know back in the day the loading screens were like three minutes long yeah then, Ooh, i found something to write yeah know? i would do that and play world of warcraft like i'd be sitting there waiting, <laughs> waiting in the lobby just waiting like for yeah. an instance or like a raid to start like sitting in guilt like ventrilo and sometimes i take my little headset like that i had like to talk into like you know with the other players and i put it against my amp and i would take off to uh, <laughs> um i would take off the push to talk and i just have it like voice enabled and i just play guitar in the and everyone's like who, who is that shut up <laughs> i used to do that a lot when i was a kid for some mm-hmm. reason like i had that really crappy headset microphone mm-hmm. i put that yep. on my oh, amp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember those days yeah. my my son like he builds computer stuff now he does computer he wants to do video game design so he went to school for it but now he works for the air force but he still got on the side he can make video games yeah and i remember him he'd get like the nintendo cube and like the sega genesis and the playstation and Mm -hmm. playstation 2 and then 
Now he just now bought himself a PlayStation Five. Oh, he, oh, he wow. find one. He, he found one. He followed some Twitter site, dude. I and he ugh. got like bought it from Best Buy or something. They said he they had it, so he called him and Man. he ordered it and he got I, it. I, I'm I, I'm like I'm like am I ever gonna get one? Because <laughs> I do want one. I've I've had a PS One, PS Two, PSP, PS Three, Four. I've had them all, and I'm like you had a PSP. Yeah, it was awesome. the uh, the Vita? no, I had the the PSP, not the Vita. I had the original one, uh. like the old school, like 2004 or five. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But the thing is, like, there's not a lot of games right now that are out yet, so I'm like, I can wait. Did you play Monster Hunter? Yes. Way back when? Oh, yeah. My friend Perry really liked it. I just, yeah. It it was like, it was like Skyrim Dark Souls, kind of. It's good stuff. Did y'all ever play the Sega Genesis? Yeah, I had I actually still have it. Altered Beast. Altered Beast. Altered Beast is amazing. Yeah, um, actually, I'm not really sure. Like, there's this band called King Gi- uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, mm-hmm. and they have a song called Altered Beast. And like, I don't hmm. kn- I don't know if it's about the game, <laughs> but I hope it is. Yes. Yeah, but I love Altered Beast. I played Altered Beast, uh, uh, Revenge of Shinobi, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a Golden Axe. I don't Golden know if that was on the Genesis, but I think it might have been. I played Ninja Gaiden. I Ninja, Ninja oh, Gaiden. Dude, that game was hard. Um, yeah. See, that's what I tell my kids now. I said, you don't understand so how hard the games were. Oh, dude, back yeah. That died was a, and you have to start back like yeah. four hours ago. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden was a very hard game. Uh, Rayman got me. Rayman was I hard. I love that game. I had it on the original PlayStation. Yep. What? It was so amazing. When you punch did, it, did you, go <laughs> did you play SNES at all? Like mm-hmm. Super Nintendo? I didn't have a Super Nintendo. Yeah. I actually got one later. Like, recently. <laughs> Can I tell you a funny Super Nintendo story really quick? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's embarrassing, but it always makes me laugh because it was funny. It's embarrassing. So, yeah, I was in fifth grade, and I was dating this girl. Or however fifth graders date. Right. Know, what? Whatever that means. I don't know. Just a girl <laughs> holding hands. Yeah, going yeah right? There you go. And um, she, <laughs> they had a Super Nintendo. And um, I remember I was trying to, I, like, dropped something underneath, like, the table or, like, the dress or whatever it was. And um, we were playing Nintendo. I was like, oh, I'll get it. I think we are playing, like, Mario. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's so funny. I went down to pick something up, and my braces got stuck in the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I had braces, too. And I was like, ah! Dude. That was so bad. Did you ever have it where the wire would pop out? Yeah, and it went in my gums. And went in my gums. <laughs> and, yes. and, and, yeah. and I'd go to the, like, uh, the, the uh, orthodontist. She's like, how are you not in pain? I'm like, I just dealt with it. I just, I just lived with it. Yeah, I guess it, my my skin just formed yeah. around it, and then they pull it out, and I'm like, oh wow, that was good times. Yep. See, yeah, I love those stories. That's what I said. You never know what you can get when you yeah. come over George Songbirds. Oh, dude, good yeah, stuff. good stuff. Good stuff. To embrace. It all makes sense. Like it all somehow goes back to music. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. I always, I'll direct us back there in a minute. Yeah. But when so. we get started on video games, I was just thinking, like one of my my first high school. You talk about girlfriends. One of my high school girlfriends. My first real high school girlfriend. Uh huh. Wait, no, my second real. My second. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, they had the same name, so I wouldn't have to forget. Perfect. Um, Wonderful. I remember making out to Sonic. Ooh. Awesome. That's a <laughs> lovely thing, uh, right? I remember in high school, I would make out to, uh, I'd be playing like, uh, my girlfriend at the time was a little older than me in high school. Mm-hmm. She um, she uh, was doing homework or something, and I was just playing Resident Evil 3 like, <laughs> Ooh. Um, while she was doing homework, and she'd just keep making, and like, like the save room music, I did make out to the save room music. Oh, Did they have the best save music? Yeah, the Resident save room Evil. music. Yeah, like save room music in Metroid's great. Save room music in Resident Evil's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in uh, Pokemon Snap, like like the report music. Yeah, all of it's really good. I didn't make out to eat the first or the third one, but hey, there's always, you can always do that now, dude. I could. Yeah, I there's, could. A, there's always time. 
There is time. See, now my kids, like, they're older. If they, they, they bring a boy or girl over, oh, we're going to play video games. You're going to leave your door open. <laughs> you're like, I know <laughs> what you're doing. I know what you're about to do. I know what video door. games I, I was young once. I was young yeah. once. <laughs> See, I've got twins. i got a boy and girl twins. Oh, oh, wow. My That's oldest fantastic. is about to be 25. He's in Warner Robin, but Gibson and Shy are uh, about to be 12. So actually, Friday they'll be they'll turn twelve on Friday. They're having a sleepover here Saturday, and what we're doing is we got one of those big inflatable screens. Yeah. So gonna let them watch an eighties movie here at night, and then they go awesome. like, camp out and sleep. Oh, that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. They love they love music and add stuff too, and they like what what movie should we watch? I'm like we're gonna watch the Goonies. The Goonies. <gasps> yes. Oh, dude. Yeah, I love the Goonies. They made like that. Re- I don't know if they made. I think they made like a replica of that, that ship. I think that ship they made. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I think behind the scenes it was like they made that for the. the oh, movie. I'm sure they did. Yeah. Cause I'm like, that's before they really started using like CGI all mm, over yeah. the place. Yeah. Late '80s, early ni- or I guess it's more like early mid '80s, but mm-hmm. like mid '80s to like early '90s, when they were on the edge of practical effects and CGI. Those are my favorite movies. Yeah. Because they really they really got a handle of practical effects and they still hold up today. Like you know, like Blade Runner did CGI but a lot of practical and like Jurassic Park, Terminator. Alien. Alien Alien, is, Alien and Predator. Aliens. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah. yeah. All those movies like they st- and ugh, the music in those movies is still great. Yep. Yeah. The, the thing, all that. The thing. I actually have you ever recently seen saw it's it phenomenal. like for the first time amazing practical effects in that movie yeah yeah Man. my favorite probably like horror movie growing up was um well honestly my favorite because it scared the hell out of me was children of the corn that oh, is yeah. a scary that the, my kids watch that and they're like this is boring dad i'm like what yeah the effects it's a different that, the, the thing is like scary back in the day like the exorcist it can seem kind of cheesy for younger people you know that's still scary but though. you know what i mean yeah, like they're like I, oh yeah. it's lame and you're like well you know, you can see the fake. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. But they watch The Conjuring and they get scared. That movie's amazing. Th- that movie it's, is terrifying. It's phenomenal. It's genuinely scary. I love horror movies. So like, yeah. I my favorite horror movie like franchise growing up was Halloween. Okay. And just yeah. like the just like the stone face like mm-hmm. emotionless like shell of a person that Michael Myers like portrayed. Just like that. <laughs> you like I identify with him. No, I'm kidding. That, <laughs> <laughs> That's it, me. No, it just that just that just that can just cut you like no pun intended like just that, <laughs> oh, wow. but that like but that uh, just his face and like the soullessness of it really messed with my psyche like oh yeah like friday the thir- i wanted to do a friday the 13th for when they for the party when they yeah because it's 12 years old i thought right, let's oh, put it dude, up here but friday the 13th i'm gonna get in the graveyard and scare people oh fantastic you know, I'm gonna dress up. and my wife says no you can't do that like, what about sleepaway camp she goes no <laughs> you can't watch Sleepaway Camp. Have oh, you ever dude. seen Sleepaway no. Camp? No, no. Sleepaway Camp is, it. <laughs> it's one of those really cheesy horror movies, and it's it's so bad it's funny. Yeah. But it's still it's still a good scary. It is still it make you jump. Is it kind of like um, like Leprechaun where it's so bad? Well, that's that's just yeah, straight kind up, of. That's a straight up horrible movie. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Where it's like so bad, it's like. This is really yeah. funny. There's yeah. a movie that I'm thinking of and I can't see it, or I can't think of the name, but I just saw it. Like, oh, is it Trick or Treat? That's a good movie. Is that one? Of the, yeah. With like multiple stories. Is that the one I'm thinking of? It had multiple stories throughout it, like a Red Robin Hood and a mm-hmm. pumpkin, and I don't think so. Because Trick or Treat is a, is a good movie. It's they, like, a, they it's like 2006. It. Does that seem I right? I think so. Because uh, I'd have to pull up the thing, but yeah, they had a. Um, I think I'm wrong. I think Anna <laughs> Paquin's in it. Maybe because it's like a Red Riding Hood or a wolf or something. I don't know. Am I th- no, uh, God, I, I don't. Do you know what I'm thinking I, of? I don't think so. No, I, 
I was thinking of something else. No. It was a great movie, though, if I'm thinking of the right one. Yeah. I don't know. That Well, either way, it is a good movie. There's yeah. also one called The Loved Ones. It's just, it's about, like, a, have you ever seen that one? It's, the, it's a prom date. She she falls for this guy, and she's just psycho, her and her dad. And so they kidnap him, and they torture him, and takes picture. It's so over the top. They did such a good job with being scary and being funny that it's just hilarious to watch. And I like horror movies like that where, like, Freddy Kr- or Nightmare on Elm Street used to laugh at Freddy Krueger. Yeah. You know, not the first one. The first one was scary, but the rest of them were like, he just make jokes. And yeah, he, he, he had lots of dark humor. Yeah. Like, it was just really, it was like comic relief almost for, like, the terrible thing that yeah. was happening. Like, yeah. Like the Child's Play movies, like Chucky and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I haven't seen the new one. They're, they're kind of funny. Yeah, like, especially Bride of Chucky. That's, That's a, a ridiculous. It's ridiculously it's, it's funny. It's a weird It's movie. hilarious. Yep. It's a really funny movie. Yeah, when I was little, yeah. like, you know, like, eight, it, that little doll used to creep me out, man. Not going to lie. You know what I got know my son? About it. Howdy Doody doll. Howdy Doody scared the living hell out of him. He was so He won't watch any doll movies now because of it. Because my, my grandmother, my granny, she actually had a Howdy Doody doll. Uh-oh. And if like anybody sees dolls, are freaky. I mean, just they, they are. They are. Yeah, there's kind of something very unsettling about dolls. These porcelain dolls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My yeah. wife has one from Germany. Uh, she calls it Susie. It's uh, <laughs> oh no. It's in a blue dress. It's just like almost like red hair. Uh huh. And the weird thing is, it talks. Oh. But because it's so old, we put a battery in it, and the eyes would like blink. Well, now because it's so old, it's got like a lazy eye and it just like flicks. <laughs> and then when it talks, it like the drag. So it's like. <laughs> oh, no. What I would used to do is I would stick it in front of my son's door when he woke, before he woke up. And he'd wake up. Daddy. <laughs> my dad used to scare me when I was younger. He When it was like Halloween mm-hmm. and um, they had like the masks in the stores. He would always put one on and scare the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. I used to. It's kid, funny to think about now because I'm like, why would that scare me? But when you're young, you know. You know right yeah. Now, yeah. I used to hide under my bed, and my mom would tell me goodnight, and I'd grab her leg. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, jeez. Oh, ge- oh, no. Oh, but you see, uh, we're out here in the woods and in the graveyard, and so it's always This is comfortable, man. This is awesome. This is really serene. Like I love it. Like, there, there's nothing, like, really spooky about your graveyard at no. all. It's very, it's very, like, I don't know. I've always really liked graveyards. Mm. I know that sounds weird. But, like. <laughs> Not from after talking for you for an hour, so I understand you a little bit better now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a. Uh, Graveyards are, I've always liked, I think it's because of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know where the Shadow Temple Shadow, mm-hmm. Shadow Temple is, like behind Kakariko Village? And like, you could just like walk around that graveyard and like talk to the gravekeeper. And like, there's like a, the Shadow Temple's back there. You have to like uh, teleport there with the song or whatever. But I don't know. I always really liked going to the graveyard a lot and just walking around and like following the gravekeeper Dompe was his name, I, I think. Remember. But um, because of that, like when I was a kid, like my parents would like go to church or something, and I go to church with them, and I would like I would go I'd go outside like after the service or whatever, and like walk around the graveyard, mm-hmm. like without my parents, just because I, I really liked it. Yeah. It was really soothing for some reason, and like my sister lives, uh, my big sister, my older sister, she lives in like Brunswick, Georgia. Okay. Like you know near Jekyll Island, mm-hmm. and there's like all kinds of like. You know, like near Savannah and like that whole, like the whole oh, yeah. coastal Georgia, there's a whole bunch of like, you know, horror stories and oh, like yeah. spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. And me and her actually, uh, there, there's like this one graveyard with a lot of like weeping willows and stuff. It's so, it's beautiful, but like the graves aren't very kept up, but it's just like going there. Like we, we actually were going somewhere and we stopped by and just like walked around and 
That was recently, actually. We just came back from Colorado, and there's a park in Denver where they used to have bodies. And so it used to be a graveyard like that, and then they want to build a park. Well, yeah. they told everybody they moved all the bodies, but they didn't. Uh-oh. So it's like supposed to be really haunted. So like if you go there, there's like probably, I don't remember, it's like probably maybe around 30 to 100 different bodies still unaccounted for buried underneath the playgrounds and stuff there is a graveyard in dallas georgia where i live mm-hmm. um over there off buckingham highway okay it's called white oaks old white oak cemetery mm-hmm. and it's like down this really dark dirt road and like you can pass it because there's only the only thing signifying that this is a graveyard is a bunch of wooden like defiled wooden crosses laden throughout the graveyard and apparently people say that it was um like in the 30s or 40s or something like way back when like the treasurer or like the secretary of like the church uh-huh. like had the records to the graveyard and like kept them in his house or something and his house burnt down, so he lost all the records. So no one knows who's buried there. There's like 200, 300 people. Wow. And there's actually one marked grave in that graveyard. And it's um, like uh, it's like uh, someone who was buried there in like the 40s or 50s. But it's really kept up. Like there's like fake flowers on it and stuff. Like their family takes really good care of that particular grave. And I've gone there and like I've seen Ouija boards and like <laughs> I've really? like like, crumpled, like a crumpled up Ouija board. Like someone went there and got bored and just was like, nah, I'm bored. I'm gonna throw this. Like it was like crumpled up and destroyed. And like I walked by another headstone that wasn't marked. There is like a slab, like a headstone slab, and it's not marked or anything. Mm-hmm. But there was wax on it. Really? Yeah. There was wax, like purple wax on it. So <laughs> it was just, yeah, don't go there at 3 a.m. It's pretty I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I'm going there. Yeah. <laughs> it's spooky. It's spooky. Like, honestly, even going there, like, during the day, like, it's not, like, off limits. It's it's wide open. Right. Like, it's not, it's as far as I know, it's not private property. It's a public graveyard. But it's just, like, it's this little gem of, like, a spooky little haunt, like, mm-hmm. in Dallas. I yeah. think it's the grave itself because, I mean, you guys came here in the summertime where the, it's still, what time is it? It's almost 6 o'clock and it's still bright. In the fall, it starts getting dark, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a guest up here, and I tell the story all the time because it's funny. Uh, she's with Life Life is Mary, Life with Mary. Mm-hmm. And she came up here in October. And mm-hmm. so by 6 o'clock, it was dark. Well, she didn't get here till like around 6 because she worked in Atlanta. So now she's already freaked out because I don't ever tell anybody there's a graveyard here. I just let them figure it out when they get here. So now she's here, and all of a sudden there's stuff walking through the woods and things falling, and she's, like, freaking out. <laughs> it was oh. hilarious. Oh, no. Is it haunted? Jesse, is it haunted? <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not a, like, a, re- a very religious person or a superstitious person, but I want to be wrong. You right. know what I mean? I want something to prove me wrong. Have like, you ever been ghost hunting? I, I've been to graveyards, like, after hours and, like, tried to spook myself, mm-hmm. but no, I've never been ghost hunting. Goats, there's a place in Louisville. Uh, Kentucky? It, in Kentucky, there it used to be a like a tuberculosis hospital. Yeah. Uh, now you pack a hundred bucks and you stay from like a like nine ten o'clock at night all night long and you just walk the corridors to like five o'clock in the morning. It's all night long. We went with a couple of buddies of mine, my basis, and then uh, another friend, and we're like going in the rooms, asking questions, anybody here, blah blah blah, and then we walk out the door, and as soon as I walk out, the door slams behind me. Ooh. Wow. And then, like, there's, like, a pitch black hallway you walk, and you can't see anything because they don't let you take lights. You're just walking. And it's, like, 
you could feel you just could feel and it's probably your mind playing tricks with you but you yeah. could just feel somebody walking next to you i know what you mean i've felt that before like cold chills or you know i've think like corner of your eye type mm-hmm. thing but no i've ne- like i said i'm not i'm not a religious person or like a superstitious person but i love the idea of going to graveyards and like being proven wrong you know what i mean I, like like something like that happening to me would be like wow that's interesting that makes me ponder and ask questions you know what i mean about it so yeah. there's one in milledgeville i used to live in Milledgeville. yeah my uh my sister's like best friend went to college there okay like a uh, college and state university or whatever it is and um yeah she uh yeah she was telling me that there's like a there's like a sanitarium there mm-hmm. that like has been abandoned since like the f- like the 80s or mm-hmm. the 70s. Yep. Like they did like lobotomies and all kinds of stuff there, yep. you know. And yeah, I would love to like cuz I I don't know, but I think I read somewhere that they do tours. But Most places will. I mean, cuz yeah. I mean it's it's easy money for whoever the owner is. They just like, "Okay, yeah, blah, blah. Sure. pay 100 bucks you there for the night." What do they do? You know, yeah. you just got to have insurance in case somebody gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, f- there's one in Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw like a ghost hunting video of some guys doing it and they had like the little, you know what I'm talking about? That little box that like just yeah, yeah. picks up random syllables or like electromagnetic waves and like produces them, uh-huh. like puts, like makes, th- it's hard to explain what it is. I does. know what you mean. I don't remember yeah. like what it's called, but yeah, I know exactly Yeah, it like, mean. it like makes words like and like so they'll like put it on and it's like this big static sound and then like you know they're like trying like the electromagnetic waves or whatever are like forming different words and like vowel sounds and stuff it's really weird yeah there's one in rome too i'm surprised when you what when you're playing in rome that you wouldn't close to the well i live pretty close to rome so i mean i live in dallas so it's like my my parents live in cedar town okay so it's like rome and milledgeville are like the same kind of most cities because they had like their own uh insane asylum where people stayed i think it's still open like people are still getting treated mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So Far we can't. Know. <laughs> we can't. We can't go tour that one. I guess. No, then go play it. Be like Johnny Cash kind of thing. He played prisons. I don't know if he played insane asylums. No, but he. But you can always be new. Hey, yeah, we're gonna play insane asylums. That's a good idea. I don't know if they'd want to hear what we do. <laughs> yeah, it might make them go more insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, tell everybody. Uh, where you guys? Where they can find you guys at? Okay. Um. Spotify. Apple Music, um, YouTube, um, any streaming platform. We use DistroKid, so okay. it it put it's gonna put all of our material on every platform. Yeah, we have two songs out right now. One's called Orchid. I played it. Well, we played it earlier in the podcast, and uh, we have a song out called White Summer Eternal July that just got released to Spotify about a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. Not too long ago. And um, that features uh, Becca Marie on uh, vocals on the verses okay and uh, she's the other uh, uh she's the female vocalist in the project and uh she uh she also has an artist page and like a spotify and like a facebook and stuff you can find her at becca marie music she's on like uh she's on all the streaming platforms like we are and she, uh we have a couple shows coming up we're playing Furnace 41 in Jonesboro, August 20th, and we're playing Little Big Jam in Carrollton, uh, September 30th. Okay. Yeah, and those will both be full band shows, mm-hmm. and we have a record mostly recorded. Yeah, yeah, we just have to 
get it um, you know edited mixed and yeah mastered. that's the one you guys are doing yourself and then send it off to master right mm-hmm. yeah and uh aaron kaufman is gonna play drums on the majority of it as far as i know he's i sent him two tracks a week ago or two weeks ago and um He'll finish those. He played drums on both of the tracks yep. that are out right now. Aaron Kaufman, you can find him on Facebook. If you need someone to play drums on your song or your record or anything, hit him up. He's really talented and really good. Um, really cool guy, too. Um, he uh, is also on Facebook. You can just, like, probably inst- like direct message him and if you need any assistance but yeah if you need like a portfolio he can also he also writes his own music he's on spotify he has like a a spotify as well and like i think he's on most streaming platforms he probably uses district kid too i'm not really sure but yeah yeah, look him up aaron kaufman (laughs) he's really good he plays the drums and writes songs yeah well i'm gonna do let you guys do one more song uh we can do it live if you want to Want to Facebook Live or I can record or however you want to do it. Totally up to we you. We can do Facebook Live. Okay. That's fine. Uh, and then like I said, we'll come back and you've been listening to the podcast so you know what the last question is going to be. You know you know it's coming. I think I do, actually. <laughs> I'll ask everybody because, I mean, every, like we've been talking for like almost two hours. Really? And people wow. have got to know you, and that's cool. But I always ask another question, so we're going to find out one more thing about you before. But let's do this first. So uh, let me turn this Hi, I'm Josh. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, any streaming platform. Canvas Ruins, the name of the project. And uh, this is a song called Vines on the Wall. It's not out yet. behind the clouds The rains reflect off of your blouse Behind the cigar shop downtown It's time to bury all of her doubts The buildings here will still remain sustain keeping our words always hang on to the vines on the walls feel our shame
worship You can find us on any streaming platform, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube. Uh, we have a gig August 20th at Furnace 41 in Jonesboro. Um, there's a ticket link on my Facebook, Josh Paget. I can send it to you also if you message me. Um, we have a gig also in September, September 30th at Little Big Jam in Carrollton or Bowden, Georgia? I can't. I think it's Bowden actually, and uh, we'll be playing Thursday, September thirtieth, there at eight p.m. And uh, for the August twentieth gig, the doors are at seven. I'm not sure what time we go on yet, but I'm gonna be there at like six or five. So, yeah, if you want to see me and hang out with me, <laughs> that's cool. But um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Georgia Songbirds. Had a really good time hanging with you and chatting about video games and songs and songwriting and horror movies and graveyards. Yeah. There it goes. Back to normal. All right. So thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for coming on. We had a little technical difficulty there at the end. That's probably my fault. Happens, I, it happens. I think it was my fault. <laughs> I think I hit the space bar or something with my guitar neck. Yeah, I'm going to blame Josh because that's the easiest thing to do. It is. I'm just kidding. It is. <laughs> I'm very easily blamed. <laughs> I always break something myself. So I'm a clumsy boy. My, my band laughs at me every time. If there's a cable, I'm going to trip over it. If there's not a cable, I'm gonna trip over someone's <laughs> cable. The, the, an imaginary a, a cable, cable will manifest, right? and yeah. I will just. <laughs> I fell off the stage at Bradley's one time. I was doing, I was hosting an open mic, and I start walking off, and for whatever reason, I just go. Bloop. I was like, shit. As I meant to do that, people. I really did. Oh dear. Yeah, it happens. So again, thank you guys for coming up here. Like I said, we had a good Appreciate time. Uh, we've talked for two hours. I like the I like these interviews where it flows and everybody has a good time. Yeah, this was I, a, lot a lot of fun. Of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Jinx, you owe me a hug. A okay, that, that, okay. <laughs> you can do that. I think that's all you can give me right now. Yeah, okay. So I don't have a Coke, sorry. <laughs> you've been here before, and you've listened to podcasts. I don't know if you have, Matt, but I always ask the final question before I let you guys go. Do it. you got to tell me a hidden talent. Oh, Because we've talked for two hours or so. and a every, hidden talent? We've talked about a lot, oh. so now you got to tell me something that... I the, don't really hide my talents. No, I'm <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Way to be humble, Matt. <laughs> nah, it was a joke. Um, actually, I don't know if this is a talent, but it's maybe interesting where it could be a talent. So, um, I'm left-handed, but I play guitar right-handed. Okay. It's not really a talent. Show me. See? Yeah. We'll pull this back quick so you can do it. 
Well, he plays right-handed, so this is like him. That's like asking him to play guitar. See? Now, can you play it left-handed? No. Upside down? <laughs> I tried that once when I, when I was younger. And uh, it, uh, it was weird because when I would pick up a guitar, I would um, try to play it left-handed because that's all I knew. But when I learned guitar, I was like, well, there's no left-handed guitars. But when I air guitar, I do it left-handed, which is weird. People always get confused by that. I'm I'm same way. I'm left-handed, but I play right-handed. That's yeah, just where it works you learn. that way. But I don't, I don't really know of any hidden. Ta- I can't. Th- I really can't. Hmm. There's a gentleman in I Woodstock. I say like Jabus. You guys know Jabus is? Jabus? Yeah. He plays left-handed, but he doesn't restring it. He plays it upside down. Yeah. And he play, so it's reverse. Every like the high E on the top. Yeah. I, was like, I don't know how you can do yeah, that. Yeah, that's how a Jen from Spurge plays bass. bass. Is, she play, she does weird. the same thing. She's left-handed, but she plays Lefties. like with the yeah with the G string at the top because four-string bass uh-huh. or five-string bass. What I'm not sure if she plays four or five-string, but yeah, she like the high string is on the top, and she plays it like that. Like she'll do like inverse like for like chords or whatever. It'll be. It's interesting. It's goofy, yeah. but it works. Because when, yeah. when she slaps the E, it's like at the bottom, you know, instead of like... Oh, um, that guitar, pl- the surf guitar player, Dick Dale, he uh, did the same thing. He really ruled. Yeah, yeah he, the guy who did, his big song was Misleroo. You know, the Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. theme song, Wearing a Shirt. Wearing a Shirt, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Oh. Great movie, by the way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he played it the same way. Like, the high E was at the top, like, where the low E should be. And he, I, I think he played left-handed, too. Really? So he just, like... Lefties, man. Yeah, it was. What are we doing? It's really interesting. <laughs> We're yeah. trying to make it work, right? We take right. We're yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Man, he was wild. I don't think I have any hidden talents, though, honestly. Really? What about you? Think about it. I'll try, man. But um, I, I can impersonate Tom Waits. <laughs> Let me hear it. Oh, jeez, it can be loud. Going out west where the wind blows tall. <laughs> Tony Franciosi used to date my ma. <laughs> They got some money out there. They're giving it away. I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to get paid. And I know karate, voodoo too. I'm going to make myself available to you. I don't need no makeup. I got real scars. I got hair on my chest. I look good without a shirt. Wow! It's funny this whole time you've been talking. You're so laid back and quiet, even when you sing. And then, like you said, you've you've been like that, a that, front that. a heavy metal band. And until you just did that, I wouldn't have seen it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's impressive. That's about it. You can do Elvis. I've heard you do it on I, every I podcast. Yeah, everybody asks. Cause I, I do voices. I do Elvis. I can do like uh, Doctor Evil. You can do Doctor Evil. Can yes. you please? You do mean it? like yes? What up? my kids? Let me see. About no. All I want to do is have sharks with freaking laser beams on their head. Okay? No. <laughs> no. Sharks with freaking laser beams. Can you do Elvis, please? Beams. Do Elvis. You want me to do Elvis? Yeah, okay. why not? Yeah, my mom makes me, made me do that. I too. mean, why not, man? All right. Everybody's heard it. I'll do it again. I haven't heard it. Oh, we show us in Atlanta cotton. Old times they are not forgotten. Look away. Look away. Look away, Dixieland. Awesome. That was rad. That was rad. Yeah. Them dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Elvis was the man. Yeah. He was he was incredible. I when I was a kid, I, and the reason I did as a kid, I oh, I loved Elvis. So I'd impersonate him and then my voice changed and I couldn't do it the same way anymore. So 
but my mom would always make me do American Trilogy because I could just I could that song I can do it. I can't do Elvis's voice if it's not an Elvis song. I don't know what it is. Like I've tried to, like somebody said, sing this song in Elvis way. I was like, I can't. Elvis never sang it. I've never heard it. I can't. I can't make my voice do that. Yeah. Um. What's interesting is like like with this band. Yeah. It's it's the vocal style is really like almost kind of another instrument like mixed in to mm-hmm. like the stuff of what's happening so like it's not like a really out front vocal and like a lo- most of it's just textural yeah. you know but yeah with like the metal band i do have to like sing out and be like aggressive or whatever and like yeah. the death growls and stuff so yeah it's i didn't really yeah like i said i've always really been guitar guy like most of my music career i've just played guitar in bands and i always wanted to sing i just never told anyone like my dad was a singer in like the 80s like he was in like hair metal stuff okay that was his thing you know and i wanted to do something that wasn't that i think (laughs) i think my my strip my foray into guitar was to not be like my dad for some reason not even that I like resented him or anything. It was just like I wanted to. It's like, oh, you can do that. Well, I can do this. Yeah. No you know, boy band for Josh. No. Well, I would join a boy band now, <laughs> in my you know in my late twenties. Yeah. That would be yeah. a, like the way you look with your beard and your hair. That would just look so fun. No, dude. NSYNC is great. I love NSYNC. Like oh, they're yeah. amazing. Justin Timberlake is so good. And, like Backstreet Boys are great. I'd go see them. Mm-hmm. Like I would go see a concert. My wife saw Backstreet Boys like four or five years ago. How was it? Yeah. Uh, the Backstreet Boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My little girl wants to go stuff like that, so she wants to go see like Katy Perry and and her favorite band is Queen though. She loves Queen. Interesting. Ooh, yeah, it's a good band. But you know why she loves Queen? There's a movie. Oh, yeah. Wayne's yeah, World. Wayne's World. Oh yeah. Dun 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 dun. Is that It's like like in the back and like they were going to get donuts and their drunk friend is back there or whatever and he's like, let me go. Was it his name was Phil? I think. I don't even remember. Yeah, their drunk friend. He's like Phil. You're partied out, man. Again. If you're going to spew, spew into this. Right. <laughs> My little girl can quote that movie back and forth. She goes, live in the now. You never afford it, man. Live in the now. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I grew up watching Wayne's World 2. Mm-hmm. And Wayne's World 2. Yep. So, um... <laughs> that was funny. Wayne's World 2 and Wayne's World 2. Yeah, I know. I like the way you said that. Yeah, I did that <laughs> I on like, purpose. You, caught, huh, you saw what I did there. That's a nice little move. No, but yeah, dude. Wayne's World. Oh, my God. That was my childhood. Mm-hmm. That was my childhood, and I loved it. And, uh... I really love, um... I love Wayne's World 2 because of the roadie mm-hmm. that was always telling the same Ozzy Osbourne story where he's like, I needed a... a a brandy glass of brown M&M's or Ozzy wouldn't go on stage that night or whatever and it's like it's like this being I had I had to beat him to death with their own shoes or whatever yeah that's like a fond childhood memory <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but I don't really know what like any other like actual hidden talents that are not music related because that that was music related regardless. It doesn't matter. I mean everything's yeah. everybody's different and that's what's that I asked because I mean we talk so much about music and that's the podcast. Everybody knows we're gonna talk about your music, you're gonna play some songs and we're gonna get into other things. But sometimes like if you don't ask, people won't tell you. Like there's some people that can they do weird stuff with their hands or they they're 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 double jointed or right. <laughs> the whole thumb joke. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. There were kids that my papa showed me that and freaked me out when I was little. Oh my God, where'd your thumb go? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's something I that you might not know about me, actually. Okay. I used to DJ 
like mix electronic music. Really? It's nothing like super impressive, but like I would, hmm. I used to run Tractor and like ha- like the program yeah, Tractor and yeah. I, instruments, I like I cr- like use a crossfader like like a <laughs> yeah. like a like a it was like a USB interface mm-hmm. for like a mixer like I know how that to would like be hilarious put to in watch. gators and I did all that. Like, so his next your next show he's got to do that. Yeah. Gotta you, are you gonna be DJ. our DJ? I we could if you now. really wanted to, but we'd have to. The help. random DJ in the back for some reason. Doing we, we, samples. We could be Incubus. Yeah. <laughs> you can grow some dreads. Could be be a new metal band. Just dread his beard. That'd be rad. All right, dime you guys can't see Josh. It. He's got like a long beard. Uh, Diet red. I do have a long beard. <laughs> yeah, you do. I've never. I haven't seen Josh's chin in. I think the last time I saw your chin was like 2010, 11. <laughs> uh, I grew a beard because I worked in food service like my whole life, mm-hmm. and like from the I, I was like you know a teenager up until I was about 21. And then it was just like, you're not going to hold me back now. I did it as like a, I was being repressed. Yeah. My, my beard was being repressed. I had to, I had to grow a beard to find a lot to uh, solidify my exit from the food industry. <laughs> when I worked at Blockbuster Video, we had to shave. Mm-hmm. Oh, you we worked at Blockbuster? Shave. I did. I worked at Blockbuster. Do you were in the golden years? Mm-hmm. Nice. And 96. Oh, yeah. I worked there. So and they shaved. I'm like, why am I shaving? I was three years old. Because you could have their <laughs> their laws where you could either have like a mustache or you could have a full beard. You could have a goatee. You could have everything what? else. But that's like the same. I never understood that. It's I didn't like the either. same thing. So I made a big fuss about it. I didn't really care. But after I left, I went back like maybe a couple months later to, to get a movie because I love blockbuster video. Oh, yeah. Get, they had facial hair. And I still knew the men. was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why are they have a beard? I couldn't. But yeah. they changed the policy. Yeah, and places now are generally pretty lenient. Well, they they yeah. only have one blockbuster open now, and I think it's in Oregon. Oregon, really? I'm yeah. pretty sure you have right. it open. Yeah, there's just I saw a documentary of it. It's awesome. It's yeah, like, it's like on Netflix, I think. I, yeah, I think it's like a fan supported. Like they like people just love renting like VHSs from there or something. Mm-hmm. Why not? And like yeah. It's just, just a nostalgia trip, right? Because that's we used to go in there and get movies, like three movies. I'd go in there with parents, and I'd grab a movie, they'd grab some movies, and yeah, we'd spend the weekend watching it. It was the best. Yeah, yeah. my movies. favorite thing was doing that with video games. Yeah, I mm-hmm. rented an N sixty four from there. Whoa, I you rent, can rent a console? Yeah, before I actually owned one, and I didn't know you. I rented do that. Um, I a copy of Legend of like, Ocarina of Time. And that was like I had seen the game, and I had been over to my friend's house, and they like I didn't even know you could be adult Link in that game until I rented it from Blockbuster and got someone's save hey, file. Hey man, spoiler warning! I'm kidding. Yeah, got some, <laughs> that was like 25 it, years. That ago. That game is like 23, 24 years old now. Mm-hmm. 1998, 23. I don't yeah. Know. So yeah. Math. Like who needs? You it? missed the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I've had a good time, guys. Oh, you? Oh, I did too. Man. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Really Hi, appreciate it. That was Josh and Matt from Cam's Ruin. This is George Songbirds.